Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, once again to the fourth episode of The Orbit. It's four I, already? It is four already. I am your host, Azrael, joined once again by my co-host and fellow Eternal, Eternal Orbit teammate, Mr. Exiles Rhythm. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Az? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Elephant in the room, though, guys. If, you, if you're noticing that we're, we're shy one... Um, Mr. Uh, Eric Rude Clouds is not here today. Um, we uh, kicked him off the team. Um, so we're looking for replace. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he is at PAX East um, this week with um, about half of Eternal Orbit. Him, Valseron, and um, Striving Light are all at PAX East this week. Um, so we're going to have to like trudge on without him and, uh, and wish them the best of luck. So if you guys are in the PAX East area, Look out for those guys. But in the meantime, it's just the two of us. Um, we're going to do the best we can to fill in for, for, for not having him. Yeah, Eric really was our better half. I know there's three of us, but he accounted for half the team. Easily, easily. The hair is like an entity unto itself, which counts as one. And then when you add you know, the beautiful facade in there as well, I mean, no question. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's more like the three of us are a person and a third. Right. He counts as two-thirds of a person, one-third for him and one-third for his hair, and then each <laughs> of us is a third. So, Right. <laughs> well, um, joking aside, though, um, we do have a lot to cover today. Um, but before we do that, let's just you know kind of catch up on the week. How's your week been, X? What have you been up to? Um, it's, been, it's been pretty good. I've been in and out because of you know some personal matters but i did get the chance to go and be a guest on tier five podcast and i know you know as but i'll explain uh, for everybody out there who's not listened to it before it, tier five podcast is hosted by rod johnston and trip is sick or as he's colloquially known trips uh they are fantastic both of them are fantastic streamers and they are high legend and high legend wild players um both good friends of mine and they do a wild a wild podcast it's it's one of the premier wild podcasts out there at the moment and so if you're interested definitely go check those guys out i actually like that that um we get a chance to talk about that because wild is something that i think a lot of people that play primarily wild feel like doesn't get as much love as standard like standard is because it's the it's the official tournament uh play style that it gets all of the uh it gets all of the attention but there are a lot of people out there that still love wild. So it's cool that there are resources out there for people to, to, to have these um, uh, insights from, from high level um, uh, wild players like trips habitually is a top what, 25 wild player. He's usually yeah, I, for top five. I mean, every time I look at him, cause he's a friend of mine on, on, on uh, battle net. And every time I look at him, he's seriously in the running for a top spot guys lights yeah, out when it comes to wild play. He's nuts, and you know you know what he did it most recently with, hmm. Evenlock, and you know what made his version <laughs> different than everybody else's? What? Iranchi the ankle biters. Nice. Which he then credited credited me for. I'll take it. I'll take yes. it. I got to give the credit to Ben, who right. would give it to Ben from work. Dog, I think. Yeah, yeah, to Ben from work, ben of from course. Work. Ben from work, a follower of, of many of the EO channels, big supporter yep. and member of our community. Definitely, I gave him some love. Very, very good player as well. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Probably, I would say, far and away, the best even lock player on the planet. Ben from work? Yep. Really? Easily. Wow. Easily. Mad props to Ben from work. How you doing, Ben from work? 
Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on for you? Um, anything in, other than um, playing a little bit of uh, play, or hanging out over there at, uh, at the Tier 5 podcast? What else have you been up to? Yeah, as much as Wild is my is my side girl, I got to, <laughs> I got a chance to play. <laughs> can I say that? No, just sure you can. Uh, I can say whatever I want. My it's wife's our, away. It's our <laughs> show, buddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I got a I got a chance to try a new deck, a new Elemental Shaman deck with Ooh. you know this. I co-opted with him. What was it yesterday? Now, mm-hmm. yeah, yesterday, a whole one day ago. Right. Uh-huh. I got to co-op with him yesterday with it on my stream, and we went from, like, top 500 to top 200 legend in, yeah, in no time. We held a really good record with the deck, even though we uh, ended on a three-game loss streak. I think we finished up around 250. What was your record overall with the deck? I don't recall off the top of my head. It was something like like six and three or six and four. Mm -hmm. Is there... Go ahead. It was six and three. Six and three. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, what uh, What was the inspiration for the deck? So you know, this actually just brought it to me. He he asked me to do a co op, and I was like, sure, I can co op with you. And then I still wanted to keep playing with him because I was having fun with the deck. That was just what he brought to me for mm-hmm. the co op. And I was like, I'm going to turn the stream on, and he said, sure. <laughs> nice. I love it. So uh, wherever he grabbed this magical deck, Mister, you know this. Thank you for the excellent time, yo. Let's get that deck list because that sounds interesting. Yeah, we'll totally throw it. We'll totally throw it on the website, or we'll throw it on the YouTube video, or we'll throw it in the notes underneath the podcast as it gets hosted. Excellent. excellent. Let me just sprinkle some teas everywhere. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, that's cool. Um, I myself, I, I've been on vacation all week. Um, I'm here in lovely Denver, Colorado for uh, for spring break. With, uh, with yeah, with my prettier half, um, the lovely bookworm. Uh, we're spending the week here in uh, in in this nice hotel room. As you can see in the background, this is not my normal background because you can see something that isn't a green screen. Um, and uh, yeah, so I played very little Hearthstone, um, but I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to get away from the computer screen and 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 live some life. And that's what we're doing. And it's it's been fantastic. It's been fantastic. So. I will be coming back to playing some Hearthstone, obviously, next week, going hard, try to hit Legend before the end of the season, before the new stuff drops. Scott, hey, did you know there's new new stuff dropping next? Oh, I did. I did. I've been keeping up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there a time in the future where we're going to talk about some of this new stuff, do you think? Perhaps. I was, uh, I was under the impression that on the 5th of April that me and you might get together with our prettier half. Mm-hmm do a full in-depth card review stream where we completely let me talk until I have run out of words and we let Eric sigh at me until he's out of sight. <laughs> That's right. That is absolutely correct, guys. If you didn't know, Friday, April 5th, right here, 6 o'clock the normal time, we are doing a very long, very thorough um, review of all of the cards from the new expansion in context. Um, it's going to be very in-depth. There's going to be bloodshed there's going to be tears there's going to be love there's going to be excitement and there's going to be everything in between um so friday april 5th right here is the special full card reveal we're doing a special night to make sure that we get every single card in there um under anything that might get revealed last minute going into the weekend um and then for those of you uh, arena focused players or anybody that likes to dabble in arena two days later on april 7th that's a sunday um 
we will be doing a um, arena-focused uh, special edition of the Orbit with special guest hosts, along with myself. We're going to have Mr. Valseron and Miss Striving Light from our team, and we're going to do the same thing all over again, but completely from the focused standpoint of arena play in the context of the new um, format of uh, how they're going to have the rotating collection of, uh, of cards that are available in wild. So it's going to be a little different because it's not going to be from the, from the, from the same exact card set because they're going to have card sets that are rotated in that were that are no longer available in standard. So it's going to be a, a different and unique perspective, but it's, it's, it's for our, our arena focused players out there. Um, speaking of, rotating sets yeah absolutely i was just going to bring this up as so as as we had brought as we had brought up before in the past and as just did arena started to rotate sets so it got it got the orbit podcast team me as rails it gets and rude clouds thinking well what if they did this for standard you know it's something kibler brought up in the past he he brought up like a rotating classic set but what if we were able to or what if they, excuse me, not we were able to, but the Hearthstone, Ixar, the Hearthstone team, sorry, uh, the Hearthstone team, Ixar and all them, decided to rotate in and out old sets. Like, what if we saw Goblin versus Gnomes again? What, what do you guys think would happen? We actually put this up as a Twitter poll, and we've, we've since had 12 votes, and I would recommend you go ahead and look at that on the Eternal Orbit GG Twitter, which I'm sure Az is throwing in the chat right now. Um... And yeah, and comment on it. At the end of the show, I'm going to go back and we're going to read the comments on the on the tweet, and we're going to discuss them. So if you want to get if you want to get that in there, go ahead and do it, or else. So <laughs> so as is there anything else you want to discuss before we get into the meat and potatoes of this whole situation? Uh, nope, I'm almost ready to jump into it. I just wanted to say real quick, guys, uh, because like literally. Two-thirds of the EO team is out of town doing various different things. We are slightly behind schedule on getting the VOD and podcasts up on the website. Those are a priority for us. So if you missed any of the old episodes, um, we want to have them available for you guys in pod and vodcast form as soon as possible. Um, but it's probably going to have to wait till next week because everybody's just out of town. But they are coming. We haven't forgotten. And we will let you know as soon as they're available. So stay tuned uh, to the Twitter and to the EO website, um, eternalorbit.gg. For more information on that because we will let you know as soon as it's ready to go because that's something we're really excited to get going that's it mm -hmm. that's all i got man yeah let's go let's, let's go let's do it so we're gonna hop right into it guys we got about i think it's 26 and a half ish new cards that we got coming out here um um i say half ish because one of them is a card that makes another card but uh we'll, we'll get to that in a minute we got a bunch of cards to talk about we're super excited we're starting to get a bigger vision i think of what the devs want to do with the um the expansion moving forward you know um actually before we pop into this i want to pop back real quick did you have a chance to see the um reveal stream on monday night did you watch that at all no i didn't get a chance um i i watched parts of it um but i did want to talk briefly about it because there was like mixed reviews on uh, like social media about the um the feedback that they were getting from the podcast it felt very kind of like much do about nothing kind of drawn out and there was some there was some chatter that maybe people at blizzard might be talking out of both sides of their mouths what i mean was one of the things that peter whalen had said was hey we're rotating 
again in Baku and some of these these, these odd and even related cards a little early because we want the standard rotation to feel fresh and new and actually feel like it was sh shaking the meta up. But then, well, we'll get into that more. I just wanted to preface some of the things <laughs> that we're, we're probably going to be talking about here pretty quick with, with oh. that comment that was made um, during uh, during the opening of the podcast. And then, of course, just the general, um, the, pod, uh, the, the reveal stream itself, um, I just want to put out there, has been done. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. As you can't be mad about it, you can't be mad about it before we even talk about it. Oh, but I can. <laughs> and I'm sure you're right there with me. Not that I would ever oh. be salty about, you know, certain things. <laughs> all right. We all see. Oh, you'll see. Trust me. All right. Now that I've prefaced it just a little more, let's let's hop right into it. So, guys, how we're going to do it today is we're just going to talk about them kind of in, in, in some chunks. So you're going to see a lot of cards come up on your stream. Um, and we're just going to kind of go through them as we feel to talk about them contextually. So the first group that we have here, uh, and the reason why we did this is because there's been very, there's been some classes that have had a lot of cards revealed, some that have very few. Um, so we just kind of grouped them together to, to make it a little easier to digest. So the first group we have here, um, I, I, we put together the priest cards that were coming out and some <laughs> of the neutral cards. And the reason why we did this one first is quite frankly, we were talking about it during our, our uh, production uh, meeting, and we're pretty sure that we're going to spend a decent amount of time talking about most of these groups, but we'll probably spend the majority of our time talking about just a couple cards in this particular group right here. Um, X, I'll start out with you. Is there? Do we want to go in order, or do we want to just jump right to the elephant in the room here? We have to go in order. Otherwise, we're going to spend... This is going to be a two-hour podcast, and then we're going to have to cut it short because we didn't get past the priest cards. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's go in order. Um, we'll start right at the top, right up here. Uh, we'll start with the. Uh, I'll grab the first one because I'm sure you want to talk about the second one. Uh, sure. the, the first one is a two mana two three um, common uh, priest minion, the evil conscriptor, death rattle. Add a lackey to your hand. Two mana two two. Um, my thoughts about this is I'm interested why they made it a two mana two two um, when priest has traditionally struggled having a decent two drop card um, I don't know why when when either two mana three twos or two mana two threes with an added effect are kind of commonplace in a lot of other classes why they thought that this card had to be a, a two mana two two other than the fact of the obvious synergy with um, power word, word shield but even that requires them to play an extra card um so so the, the the stats on this are a little wonky for me um but otherwise i think it's a pretty solid card um i i it's with the lack of priest cards that we've seen revealed so hard so far it's hard to kind of put it into a larger context in my mind um but i look at it and i go yeah this is an okay card but i'm not like dude, super excited about it dude i really want it to be good it's not going to be good mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't really have much much more to say about that because I'm excited to get to this next one. Okay, um, yeah. This unless Dude. unless you want to hold on to this lackey. Nope. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's an okay card. Could be good in the context, but what we have now, it's just eh. it's a card. Mass resurrection, Azrael. Mass Go resurrection. Go ahead. 
Because we have had a card called Resurrect printed before, which costs two mana, and it said summon a random friendly dead minion, or some such wording. That card's a pain in the ass. And that card's a pain in the butt in wild. And what happens if we just did that three times and printed it on one card? Is that okay? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold up. We already did that. That was called a Diamond Spellstone. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. What if we made it unconditional and just made it cost a little more? Okay, this is fair and balanced. Wait, let's go a little further. As you know, my favorite part of this damn of this dang card is I am fired up. I am emotional over this one. <laughs> the best part about this card is all the dead people on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And what is that in the background? Is that that little gnome? Is that like Nether Spite Apprentice? Are we are we Year of the Dragon? And we already got another Spite Apprentice a dead showing up. Spite Apprentice at that. No, I think she's the one resurrecting him. Are we about to see another Draconid operative? Is this just a harbinger? Harbinger, for those of you who don't know, is a word we learned reading Harry Potter that means bad stuff's about to happen. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's how I feel about mass resurrection. I could go further, but I don't think that that would fit within what we want for this podcast because it gets a lot angrier the deeper we go. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. When I first looked at this card, I I was a bit slapped in the face. Like I said, hearkening back to what I just said about Peter Whalen's comment about wanting to shake up the meta and, and change things out, make it feel fresh and new. How is it making it feel fresh and new when you add a card mechanic in that's already lo- loathed right now? Now, I get it. I get it. Priest is losing a lot of power cards. Yes. And I get it that part of Priest's class identity is resurrecting stuff. Totally get it. I understand. But... If you want them to have a consistent resurrect effect, give them one as a classic card. Don't keep putting it in and saying this is their class identity. If it was their class identity, it would have been built into the basic class set, A. And B, how can you talk out of both sides of your mouth and say that uh, we want the, the meta to feel fresh and new when you're literally continuing to enable one of probably the most divisive archetypes in the meta right now? I understand they don't want maybe they want wall priest to stay around or something similar to that to stay around but um giving them essentially the same card back that they just took away that people were so excited to see go and costing it for two mana more but having it come out with one less it's actually more consistent it's easier to pull off you just got to wait one more turn to get it um i don't really see how this shakes the meta up when it's the same mechanic that that has been dominating what 35% of decks for the last couple of weeks. I don't know. I'm pretty mad so, about this card just because it's a slap in the face to people that were like getting excited like myself. I was excited to see something fresh and new. Um, you had talked about, and it'd be cool if you could just kind of reiterate that, you talked about some of the exciting potential that they hinted at or teased at or could have done with with the Priest class instead mm-hmm. of taking it back in the same direction. Do you want to refresh people on that? Because you talked about it last week, and I was really excited about it. Yeah, so it seemed to me well it seemed to me when they split when they split the classes up into the League of Evil and Dalaran Defenders, if I have those names correct, uh when they when they split them up, it was like, why is this the League of Evil? Why did they decide to put priest in the League of Evil in particular? So I was like Maybe what if they're flipping the script and making all of the class identities that they've worked so hard for and that we're feeling right now and just Turned them upside down. They made aggro priest, aggro slash mid range warrior, mm-hmm. control rogue, 
Um, and like all the whole entire league of evil is just the opposite of what you're nor- what you normally see. Yes. That was what I postulated. Mm-hmm. We then received, did we then received, um, Mad- Madame, Madame Lazul, yep. however we want to say that. Yep. And, um, Lazul scheme and forbidden words. Yep. Those three cards, it, well, two out of those three cards I could see going into a miracle priest. Mm-hmm. The third one, but now we get these two that hint at resurrect priest. It's yes. like, it's like Blizzard just. We heard y'all liked killing hordes of things, <laughs> you know. But to to be completely fair, mm-hmm. to be completely fair, it says three friendly minions that died this game. It doesn't say three different friendly minions. Is that is that different? So can I like resurrect three barns? That's. That's what I'm reading it as. It's three minions that died this game. Now, I'm assuming that it's going to be inferred. It's one of those things that they don't stipulate in the card text that it has to be three different minions. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's three. It's not three copies, right? So if you had, like, say, two um, Lightforge Elementals that died and one Zilliax, if that's the three minions mm-hmm. that you had died, I assume reading that, that you would get all three of them back. But if you had six right, minions but if you... that died back, it would be random is what I assume. And if you had one Zilliax die, it only resurrects one, or you yeah. can't play it because three minions didn't die. Yeah, that w- I would. I w- you probably still play it, I would think, but it would just be the one, the one thing, not three copies of it. But anyway, anyway, you slice it though. Like, what was what was the thing about Spellstone that made everybody just nuts? Right? It was like you spent seven mana to get up to what twenty five, twenty six, twenty eight mana. Twenty seven. Yeah, car- worth of cards. For seven mana, it was the same problem with the other resurrect spell. It's four mana to summon a dead ten mana card. It's it's so much value, and it's so many layers upon layers. And then they're able to discover copies of it, or they're able to get free copies of it from Lyra. There's so many layers upon layers upon layers of, of resurrect that it just became repressive, oppressive, and not fun to play against. And now I know they're losing a lot of those tools. I get that. But just the fact that they released another card that says, hey, we still want that thing to be a thing is um as when the old meta is still not even like fresh in our minds it's still here like of course we're going to gravitate to that as as a player base and say why are you doing this to us we suffered through a priest meta for the last year and on top of it i don't want to move on from this card too fast unless you're ready to move on oh i'm not ready to move on from this card card at all this card I, i one of the reasons why i wanted to do groups for this is this card ties into this card as well because now you've got kind of the same thing that you get with, oh my God. yeah. Now you got the same. You see where I'm going with this, right? You you play a spell priest, I know. and you throw I know. you throw Valen and you throw uh, Malagos in there. You draw those cards with this card, and you resurrect him 87 fucking times. Excuse me, and, uh, and, <laughs> Rude. and you just drive everybody up the wall. It doesn't even have to be that. You could draw, you could pull out your wall cards. However you're doing it, the point is, is it enables the same mechanic that has had people frustrated and or bored or just fed up with the game in general. Even if well, even if the cards don't exist to enable it to the extent that it does now, the fact that they're even allowing that, that archetype or pushing that ar- ar- archetype to persist in a meta in, in a player base that's already tired of it, to me is just like it's 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 a disconnection from, from your from, from your players. It's basically saying, yeah, we know you're tired of it, but we want it anyway, so here you go. They did say they were going to communicate more, and I think that means that they're just going to tell us what's going to happen more, not that they're... It's not a two-way street. So I wanted to speak one last thing about the card art, because I didn't notice this when I was going through it. Sure. 
What's all that yellow junk she's got emitting from her legs? It's covering everybody. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can move on to the next card. Overall, uh, okay. Overall, though, I think the biggest takeaway from this card is is like I said, we don't have enough. We don't have enough to get a full context of what they're doing with Priest. But the very fact that they would include a card like this after everything that they've been hearing from players, after Ixar put that 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 request out there from feedback, after going on their own reveal stream and saying we want the meta to feel different and fresh, to give a card that perpetuates what's already been one of the most hated deck archetypes in a long time, to 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 to, to enable to continue to enable that, to me sends a very very poor message to the player base, and that to me is the biggest thing, irregardless of what the card is in itself. I want something fresh and new, taken in a different direction, like you said. Take it in a different direction. You've got you've got this opportunity to do something different. Why are you doing the same thing that people already have said they hate? That's well, you know what Peter Whalen said in my DMs the other day? <laughs> he said if you wanted something fresh and new, you'd play auto chess. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Hey, you know what? Shout out to the auto chess players out there, which is like half of Hearthstone streamers right now. So I know. All right, so moving on to the next one. Um uh, Geppetto Joy Buzz, an 8-mana 6-6 six, six, neutral legendary. Battlecry reads, draw two minions from your deck, set their attack, health, and cost to one. Now, I'm torn on this card. Torn? Torn. Uh, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I think it's a really, really cool idea. Like, conceptually. Very cool idea. This is where I'm torn. Because I kind of like, like it a little bit, just for that reason. But I hate it for just some of the reasons that I just said. It, to me, it's going to be, I bet you this card is going to be one of the more oppressive and um, ubiquitous cards in OTK decks, which you know I hate, um, and in ridiculous combo decks. So like Malagos Rogue, um, OTK Druids, Hakar, anything. God knows what card they're going to put in next. I mean, I mean this... Uh, this is going to find a way to make Mechathune work. You mark my words. This will make Mechathune stronger somehow. I, As much as I like the concept of this card, I hate what this card is going to do to the meta. I'll come back to it after you've had a chance to say your piece, because I'm not done yet. You're not, I know you're not done yet. I know you're not done yet. Like, the, they literally named the card Geppetto Buzzkill for a reason, right? <laughs> like, it is designed to take all the fair, board-loving, smork-loving Hearthstone players and turn them into raging lunatics while they watch a druid play Mechathune on turn nine and they're sitting there with their hands up in the air like they just don't care. However, they care a lot. <laughs> so I guess it's not at all like that. We could take, there's one good thing we could take from it. We know that this Geppetto buzzkill is related to King Togwaggle. Mm-hmm. So we know for a fact that it's going to go into Druid and it's going to play Mechathune on turn nine and we're going to hate our lives. And by we, I mean everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, we've all seen the power of pulling cards, cheating cards out of your deck, no matter how much they cost. Um, Gallery uh, Priest has shown us that a one mana, one, one Bellin or, or, um, or Ziliax or Lich King or Maligos, how powerful those can be just with resurrect stuff. Now you, you now you have to take it into a wider construct of, of, okay, what about the other people that can cheat a lot of things out, that can cheat value out or cheat duplicates out? Now you've got Rogue, right? They can, you know, they can um, put um, 
they can put a, a, bu a bunch of copies of these into their deck with their uh, with their lab recruiter. They can um, uh, find find ways to, for example, even if it's not as extreme as Malagos, because this enables Malagos Rogue again more. But now think about, <laughs> think, think about Recruit Rogue or not Recruit Rogue, but Death Rattle Rogue, right? They pull um, copies of the, of the Mechanical Dragon out of their deck, right? Now they're one mana one ones. They play those, and then they do the what is it? The vile whatever it is that that triggers your death rattles twice and have their weapon on top of it they can use this to cheat out a, a huge board very 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 quickly um and like i said and then throw copies of it back into their deck there's all kinds of ways without even seeing the full context of uh, uh of the meta that this card can enable just ridiculousness which i get they want there to be some like powerful combos but come up with something different or make it more i don't know difficult or more rewarding somehow because it feels like they're just making it easy to make overpowered combos and that's the problem i, have. I don't mind overpowered combos but don't make it so easy where you have to just draw three or five cards to win the game like oh i do nothing but try to stall until i draw the perfect three to five cards and then i just win the game in one turn and the other person can't do anything that to me is where the oppression comes in you look at you want to say something so go ahead yeah well firstly you took the words out of my mouth when it comes to standard but i wanted to throw in because this was brought up, not this card, because this card wasn't released yet, but on Tier 5 Podcast, mm -hmm. do you see Psych Melon? What it did to Wild. It literally, Juicy Psych Melon literally forced the Aviana Coon combo, which had, yes. which had people with infinite Ragnaros, Ragnaros Eye mm -hmm. at times. <laughs> yes. And broke it like to start with Star Aligner. It was using Star Aligner, yes. for Christ's sake. Like, yes. To, like, uh, sorry, uh, you were talking about the five, you know, uh, drawing the five cards you needed, and mm -hmm. that just allowed you to draw them immediately. So this has that same effect where you can just draw them immediately as soon as you get it, right? right. Um, you have all of those pieces. The other thing that I wanted to bring up about this card that I forgot to during my piece was how much does Baleful Banker cost to play? Two mana. Two mana, two, two. Okay. Okay, I was just checking. I was just checking. <laughs> right? <laughs> so then you Baleful this back into your deck, on the same turn, it's it's ridiculous. It, it, like, and and again, I don't mean to sound like, and I know you don't either. I don't mean to sit, sit here and sound like a negative Nancy and like worst case scenario stuff. But again, using what Peter Whalen said on his own reveal stream for his own expansion that he is in charge of, they wanted to mix up the meta and make it feel fresh and new. But yet they keep enabling the things that, that drive people nuts. I think any high-level players of this game or any competitive players of this game or even just casuals that play more than just a few times a month that play this game are okay with there being cool and broken and fun things to do, but they shouldn't be easy to pull off. And cards like this make it, it feel easy. And that's as, If it wasn't easy, everyone would do it. Wait. <laughs> Is that why there was an OTK meta for so long? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm afraid <laughs> of. I'm afraid of uh, of this just perpetuating OTK. I don't mind up a few OTK decks existing, but when you know better when the when you play ten games and two or three of those are against OTK decks of different completely different classes, like thirty three percent of your decks or your game should not be against OTK decks in my, my in my mind. It's just it's too much. Like OTK OTK decks should exist to punish. A control heavy meta right boom right 
But if Dude, we- Azrael, you've been saying exact like I don't. I've been sitting over here silent, just pointing at you and nodding and saying because mm, you're just taking these words out of my mouth. Preach, brother, preach. Wow. <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with the fact that you and I've had many conversations about stuff like this, and I, I think yeah. it's just one of those things where I want, I want these, I want the, the designers to have the creative space that they want. But I also want to have a game at the end of the day that isn't more of what I've we've all been playing for the last year, which is, you know, either either odd deck domination or OTK torture. So <laughs> that, that sounds like a Rihanna song. <laughs> nice. But, but beyond that, okay, let, let's 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 shed our emotions. Let's shed our let's take a breath here and okay is there any fun or interesting ways beyond the terror that we feel when looking at this card that this deck could impact the meta other than you know the super hyper abusive plays that could happen well as an eight mana six six i would say it has to do something either really good or it has to do something in a class that's really good at doing nothing we just saw a card printed called mass resurrection and priest has habitually been known as a class that does nothing um, until you die, and then you're <laughs> mad, and then you go on rants that become YouTube famous right. about. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, but yeah, no, it's it's an okay, like it's an okay card. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna evaluate it from my Magic the Gathering background mm-hmm. and knowing what we know and knowing actually knowing what we don't know, even um, I would say the card. If I had to give it an out of ten. Six out of ten at best, it is not good. You need to have a way to abuse it. Otherwise, it's just going to get played for memes and priest. I agree. I agree. I think overall, yeah. like, it's a, like I said, my first thing I said about this is, is like, I, I kind of like the concept of it. It's a cool idea. Um, mm-hmm. But the card is only viable, and this is one of the reasons why I hate it. It's only viable if it's doing something broken, period. It's not yeah. a card that you can just plug in and be like, it's a good card. Like Lich King. Lich King could could, could provide some it's an I bring it up because it's an eight mana neutral legendary as well, right? It's an eight mm-hmm. mana neutral neutral legendary that always gets you something. Always. It's either eight extra health because it's eight it's an eight mana it's an eight health taunt between you and your enemy, or it's eight damage mm-hmm. because it's an eight attack minion, or it's getting you all card. It's always doing something. You're always gonna get some value out of it. Um Always, no matter what. And sometimes it's really broken because it gives you randomly the perfect card to turn the game in your favor or to help you win the game. Um, you mean anti-magic shell. It always gives you anti-magic shell exactly. if you need it. <laughs> it always gives your opponent anti-magic shell. It always gives you the draw, how many of our cards destroy your board. Yeah, Army of the Undead. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> it always gives you something you don't want. But yeah, but the but the point is though, is like if it's not doing something, and that to me is is why the card is so scary. Because it, literally anybody with a, with, 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 even moderate um, Hearthstone like uh, deck building knowledge looks at this card and they go, "This deck, this card only works in in, in decks that are doing something broken." And and that mm-hmm. to me, that to me is is what the problem is. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that this works into some sort of like tempo rogue deck where they're getting you know, where they're getting extra pogo uh-huh. rogues or something. You know, I I hope that 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 is what their intention is for it. But I, I can only see it working. And when you see a card that literally is like Hakar or is like Mechathun that's saying play me in a deck that's going to make everybody else mad that to me is just a frustrating card to see printed and that i think that's all that i can say at the end of it is there anything else you want to add i would yes i would like to add to you stop it's dead and we're gonna kill it harder on the fifth fair enough all right moving (laughs) on um uh, the evil uh evil cabal or cable excuse me evil cable rat excuse me as a two mana one one beast neutral 
uh, minion. Battlecry, add a lackey to your hand. It goes an even hunter. It makes Rexar worse. Next. <laughs> yeah, it's. I've got nothing to say about it. It's a. I think it'll. Eh, it'd be like maybe okay in arena, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no, um, it's a two mana one one. I think the thing that this, interestingly enough, will be seen in probably more in in like hunter and druid like tempo and aggro decks than it will be seen more in like anything that wants to actually have lackeys like the evil classes. Um, because both of those are Hunter and Druid are, are defenders. Um, it's an okay card. It's kind of the same thing about the Evil Constrictor. It's it, it's an okay card. I'm, I'm not super excited about it. Anything else? You know what I am super excited for? Hmm. A damp fluffy Borlock. Go on, brother. <laughs> so fluffy Borlock is a two mana two one, and on it it reads, Rush, Death Rattle, Summon a one one, Fluffy Murloc. Chat, chat, this isn't just any, this is just any Murloc. This is a Fluffy Murloc, the first of its kind. And I heard that that's going to be a new tribe, Fluffy Murlocs. Is that right, Az? Or um, I don't think I so, something? but I wish. Oh, <laughs> okay. So what makes this card really cool, and for those of you who are just listening to the, to the podcast, you need to come back and look so you can see this art and Mass Resurrections art, is how flavorful is this card especially yeah. with the art oh my god so it's a two minute so it's for those of you who are listening to the, the podcast it's a it's a fluffy murloc riding a fluffy almost naked boar yes i said fluffy and almost naked just look at it you'll know what i mean <laughs> so i'm imagining this boar running straight into the enemy bonking up against it keeling over because mm-hmm. it's a two minute two one rush mm-hmm. and the murloc is thrown all the way back by the momentum back to your front lines. Like, it's just, it's so funny to me when I envision this. Dude, please laugh at my joke so I don't feel weird. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling at you. I'm trying not to laugh so I don't, like, override you, uh, override your, your sound here. But um, what do you think about the card? Other than the fact that it is a fun card, the art is very, very cute, and it's a cool concept. Like, right, it's a it's a little tiny baby murloc who somehow rides him, rides his boar, and when the boar dies, he falls off, and he's still on your board. So he's, it's a it's a sticky minion um, uh, with very, very cute art. I like it. I actually like this a lot. I think this is another card that is going to make um, mid-range hunter more of a thing. Um, anything that has... More of a fair thing. Uh, yes. Uh, because it doesn't summon another beast, for, first of all. But it, it allows... Exactly. It, this allows um, mid-range hunter, actual mid-range hunter, not, not like aggro hunter. This allows mid-range hunter to be a thing in my book. Because it allows for board control, it plays into the other things that that, that um, Hunter wants to do, and it uh, feeds uh, scavenging hyena. But when it leaves something behind, it's not another beast, which can then feed it even further for ridiculousness. Um, I think it's a good card. I, I think it's a really, really good card. I actually like this card a lot. I think it's a well-made card. I don't think it's good enough without a lot more support. I think it's cute. I think that it costs too much for, for what it does. It should be cost one and a half mana. <laughs> That's That's not a joke. <laughs> no, I, I believe you. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but overall, I like it. I think it will see some play. I do. I, do. I just don't think it, it's, it's like, super strong. I'm going to play it. Yeah, heck yeah. Anything <laughs> else? Nah, dog. This what next, you got for Traveling Healer? Uh, th- actually, this next card I'm actually quite interested about. Uh, Traveling Healer is a four mana, uh, three, two, neutral, um, I guess it's a Tolan. It looks like it's a minion. Um, it it re- it's 
card text read divine shield battle cry restore three health um it's i think a well statted card for the cost i actually think despite the fact that it's a four mana three two because it has divine shield on it because it restores three health to a minion i think this is going to be a very popular card i think this card is going to be seen in a lot of decks i think it's good for tempo um, even though it's poorly statted, that Divine Shield is not to be understated. I think this enables, um, and we're going to talk about this more at some point, I think this enables the um, Heladin archetype, and I think this enables uh, a lot of, I think this is going to get seen in Zudex. I think this is right up there with um, uh, the same, along the same lines as uh, the uh, Mosquito, um, which one was it? I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but you know, the four mana. Life Drinker. Thank you, the Life, Life, Life Drinker. I think it's a really, really good card. At first glance, it, it, it might seem to some as kind of an okay card, but the more I've thought about this card, the more I've, I've really, really liked this card. I think this is going to be a very... Not, without seeing the rest of the set, obviously, I think right now this has the potential to be a very strong and ubiquitous card. Um, X, why don't you tell me why you think I'm wrong? <laughs> I was just about to tell you that you were wrong. Yep. Um, so the reason why is because... Do you have you ever heard of a card called Silvermoon Guardian? Yes. Of course you have. You play Arena. Could you recant for me what the card is? Four mana three three with bubble. Neutral okay, four mana three three with bubble. So if we remove how much is one health worth? One health is worth approximately a half a mana. Like three quarters, half to three quarters of a mana. Sure. So it's over it's overcosted there. Now, how about the three health? What is that worth? So we attach it onto a three-three minion. It's worth one, one mana. Mm -hmm. So we're now looking. If we did the math, this is worth four point two five mana. So it's a good enough card to see play, but I don't think it's going to be as widespread as you believe it to be. I think in wild, and I brought this up on the, I brought this up on tier five, mm -hmm. but they, you know, trip who is probably, you know, next next to Ben from work one of the best even lock players in wild. Mm -hmm. um, he said no way it replaces Shroom Brewer, but I think that it might. I think that it might. Yeah. That's all I have for it. Like, I, I want to talk more about it because it's such an interesting card, but I have to save some some juice for the fifth. Yep. Um, overall, we have slightly differing... Uh, I would say, no, it's, it's fair that we, we differ on this card, but we're definitely intrigued to talk about it more. I just see potential for it. Um, I think X, I think it's fair to say, it sounds like your potential vision for this card is limited compared to mine so stay tuned. i see a turtle and i like it <laughs> that's true that's true the i and by the way the tortolans are making their way into wow now they're actually becoming wow things now which i think is cool but that's a conversation for another show um we're true. ready to move on to the next set yeah yeah all right next we have um the paladin cards that we had revealed over the last week um there are three new card, Paladin cards that have been revealed. Um, the first of which is the Bronze Herald, which is a three mana, three two dragon, um, death rattle. Add two four four dragons to your hand. With that though, and I want to mention the next card that comes with it because they kind of play together. They were released together. Is a five mana three five um, epic uh, minion, uh, the Dragon Speaker, which is battle cry. Give all dragons in your hand plus three plus three. Looks like we're getting some more four mana seven sevens X. Um, do you want to talk about these cards individually or together? Uh, go ahead and kick it off however you like. Either way, I'm going to say it the same. Neither of them are good enough to see play. Next. 
<laughs> That's all yeah. I have for it. Like, yep. Yeah, it does. The the three mana. It's a three mana three two two nothing, and it's a five mana three five. You better have some other cards in your hand that give it value. Otherwise, it's just trash. Right. I agree. The uh, the the cards with what we know about Paladin right now are just not good enough. Obviously, they've they've been like hinting at pushing a Dragon Paladin or a Heladin or a Buffadin archetype. We had some buff cards in the last expansion as well. They've been hinting at those things. Maybe in combination with those things, the uh, the the class can take a step in that direction. But I I need to see more. I need to see more. Like you said, I don't think the costs are are. Uh, they cannot be justified unless you're going to get more value than this because you're going to be so far behind, right? If you're playing Zoo, well, you're not doing anything for – you're not doing enough to be able to keep up or swing the board back in, you, in your favor. And if you're playing Control, they're just going to clear your board uh, while you're sitting there wasting your time spinning your wheels. So I need to see a little more. I know what they're trying to do, but meh. What do we got next? Ne- yeah, so next is actually a card that I actually am afraid of because it enables – it enables so much for Heladin. It's so scary. It's a two-mana card called Lightforged Blessing. It reads, Twin Spell. Give a friendly minion lifesteal. And for those of you who didn't listen to last week's last week's podcast, yet. <laughs> Twin Spell means when you cast it, you get a copy of... You get um you get a copy of the spell in your hand, only it loses twin spell. So essentially you get two copies of the card, but it only holds up one spot in your hand, mm-hmm. which is you know excellent for you control nerds. Right. Um also for you control nerds, if you really want to see OTK Paladin mm-hmm. work with Shervala and Holy Wrath, this is the card that's gonna enable it and it's gonna make me so mad yep. because I'm gonna be sitting there and have you at 12 health on turn six, you're going to bust around with some sort of Zilliax play, putting yourself back up to 18. Then you're going to turn around with Crystal Smith Kangor and that stupid little 3-2 charging gnome and like twin spell. And then I'm already crying from it. I'm seeing the future here. Hey, Az, uh, how do you feel about OTK decks coming back? Like Shervala in particular. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's ever had a conversation <laughs> with me ever knows I'm not a huge fan of OTK decks in general. Um, Shrivala, just by itself, the fact that Shrivala and Baleful Banker still exist in the meta, even without... I mean, Shrivala has overtaken the OTK um, Paladin win condition over you know, finding ways to get um, all of your... Um, uh, four horsemen out, right? Like that was the backup condition easier. to show out. Yes, exactly. That's my point. Um, um, because Shrivala is easier to do. Shrivala, Baleful Banker. Like, there was a time when only people only played one copy of Baleful Banker in Shrivala. Now they play two just because it's easy. Because most people can survive. If they know how to play around it, they can survive one. It's very hard to survive around two. Now you're going to make other ways to make them not have to pop the Shrivala early in order to survive so they can guarantee mm. that they can kill you. It's 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 just enabling more of the same, which is oppressive, um, oppressive OTK, um, fairly easy you to don't... pull off combos, which is just again that's the frustration. It's so easy to do, and this just gives it another way to do it. Like it's going to be like the de- it's going to become the default deck of hey, just stall until fatigue and then win. Mm-hmm. You know what makes me. Or you know what makes me the most mad about playing against that Shervala deck as? What's that? The fact that once they play Shervala or once they play one of their cards, once they play the first timeout, the game is out of reach and you're just waiting for them to 
do their combo, yeah. waiting seven more turns. That's what makes it feel bad. That's what makes Odd Warrior feel bad. You get it to 12, they play a taunt, and then you wait, I don't know, six years for the game to end. And, oh, surprise, you lose. Right. Uh, this just pushes an archetype. Like, like, don't get me wrong, a control deck needs to exist. A control deck needs to exist. And, yes, there should be a few turns of that swing. Let's flip it around. Okay? I think we could both agree on that. Yes. But that swing, flip it around, it shouldn't end on that fourth turn of you having the board and then just waiting for your opponent to decay to death. Right. And so it, 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 what you're talking about, what ulti decks in general are about, is is that it makes Hearthstone feel like solitaire, and you're just the AI, and you're just yeah. there to get your there to get beat up, so the other person can get uh, the joy of of doing something completely oppressive, and it just it doesn't make it fun. Now, I would love to say to take a step back and say that. Um, this you know enables Heladin, which is going to be their excuse. They're like, oh yeah, we want to push the Heladin archetype, or we want to push mid-range Dragon Paladin, and this allows them to stay alive until they can do their late-game you know seven sevens that they want to do. Uh, but but really, we all know what's going to happen. People are going to do what's easy. What's going to, what, they're going to do what what is oppressive, and that's going to be to pop this into OTK Paladin, and and you're going to see um, this. Um, is going to be probably one of the most played that archetypes, especially early, unless we see a whole bunch of different cards that, that push this in a different direction. This would be one of the most played decks early on in the new release. And I'm not excited about it because I, one of the things I was looking forward to was all of these current, if you're going to do an OTK deck, at least get creative and do something new. Don't keep pushing the same one, um, let alone making the same one even better. I actually think that the new OTK Paladin with this card specifically is scarier than the current one, in my opinion. I can, I'm definitely inclined to agree with you. Like, the other thing is, though, Lightforge Blessing kind of just beats Midrange Hunter, so yep. that's a positive. That is good. That is good. It will Because Midrange, Hunt, Midrange Hunter is a bit oppressive right now, um, but it, it still can be beat, and it's still, when, and we talked about this I think, on last week's show, it's still not the top, it's still not, it's not even the top 10 of, of win rates right now. I looked at um, win rates on two different sites yesterday, and it was like, Around twelve or thirteen of the top uh, on the top win rates, um, one I think two and three were still um, secret paladin and, and odd paladin. So, uh, so saying that what well, we're doing this to counter mid range hunter is even even this kind of a, it's kind of a false narrative. But um, I hope I'm just being overly cynical. But this is what what I see, um, and obviously you saw the same thing because we did not talk about that card. Uh, before before the show, and we had exactly the same fears and and and, and echoed each other quite a bit. So, um, but again, taking an objective step back, other than other than obviously what it, what it allows to happen, I like the card. I think it's a a good example of what twin spell can be um, outside of the of the context of the current meta and what it enables. I think it's a really cool spell, and I actually kind of like it. But again, because of what it allows, effing hate it. <laughs> hey, as what do you think about the card art? And before before you answer that, yeah. this is actually a loaded question. What if we took, put this card art right next to Ma Mass Resurrection card art? Now, is this guy from his chest? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move on from that thought. Uh, anything else before we hit up the next set? No. What class we got? What cl what class you got for me next, Az? Well, the next one we have is 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 two warlock cards and a shaman card because we haven't had a lot revealed, so we just kind of wanted to put them um, all up here on screen to just kind of talk about. Um, as we see fit, um, why don't you hit up the the warlock cards here, and then and then uh, we can talk about them a little bit. Okay, the first card is a two mana two two called Evil Genius, and it reads Battle Cry, destroy a friendly minion. 
add two random lackeys to your hand. So the way that it's worded, the way that it's worded in particular, does not say destroy a friendly minion to add two random lackeys to your hand, meaning that the way I read it, you're getting the two lackeys if you play it on an empty board. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of scary. However, it's a two-mana 2-2 two -two and your Warlock. I would rather tap to play a two-mana 2-2. Two -two. The second card is just bad. <laughs> yep, I figured, <laughs> I figured the second card was going to be a quick conversation. The second card is is a three-mana spell, Reform Scheme. Summon a, a one, one, one imp, um, and it upgrades every turn. So it's, you know, it's for three mana, it's for one, for two, for three. You know, maybe on turn seven, it's like whatever, but who wants to fill their board with one ones? Unless this is somehow going to play into a buff your board deck of some kind, because there are, you know, the things that, what's the card that destroys a minion, buffs all your other cards, your other minions for plus one, plus one? But even Grim Rally. Yeah, but even with Grim Rally aside, I don't see this card getting play. As far as the EG, Even with Grim Rally, it's bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even with the rally, it's bad. It's two cards and four mana to play six two twos. And you have to wait. You have to hold it in your hand for how many turns? So if you draw this on turn seven, it's stupid. If you draw it on turn three, it's stupid. When do you draw this card and you're like, yes? Never. I'm really hoping to top deck Rafam scheme. Exactly. But that's the thing, though. No matter when you draw this card, it's bad. It's always bad. It's never good unless you've had it in your hand and it's just taking up space. So why would you want to draw a card that does. Now, there's some cards you want to draw and hold on to. For example, a Spellstone currently. You draw a Spellstone, yeah, you want to draw that early and you want to hold on to it so you can build it up. But this but it has flexibility. Yes. This particular scheme, though, when do you ever want to draw this? You don't want to draw this ever. Unless it, unless the scheme built up charges when it was in your deck, but that would just, like, be stupid. <laughs> that, would be, that, that wouldn't even be a mechanic that would work. Hey, Az. Yes. It's a better Hyreek the Bat. Next... Nice. Um, I did want to say on the Evil Genius, I do think that you have to destroy a minion in order to get the battle cry to, to work. I think you have to do that. Um, yeah, no, that would be congruent with how they've done cards like this in the past. Yeah. So that makes sense. But like I said, the wording is a little different than normal. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean there, where, where that comes in. Um, generally speaking, though, like in the current archetypes as we understand them, I don't see Evil, evil Genius being like super impactful like it lends itself to what i think is a mid-range or a control warlock which they already do ver better versions of that already where this card isn't mm -hmm. needed um so unless they're going to push some sort of like lackey juggling synergy shenanigans deck i don't know i think that people are going to stick to what they know which is the mid-range warlocks that work the control warlocks that work and the zoo warlocks that work and none of which this fits in right now we'll see as they this fits in the new Sorry, I just got super excited. Didn't mean to step on you right there, but this fits into the new, the new hand lock, the new even lock type, mm -hmm. right? Explain. So you're gonna play something. You're gonna play something on one or two. You're gonna have I don't know. There's gonna be something. Mm -hmm. You could drop evil genius, destroying your dumb one drop, getting two <laughs> more cards in your hand, right? Yeah. And having having played two cards and drawn two cards, you're now up two cards. So on turn now, if you're following me at home, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for your brain. <laughs> That means giant on turn four on the play is how the math works out. So it is a handlock enabler, which we love. We like that because I, I, I've said this before. Handlock is, is classically one of my favorite cards or favorite. Uh, it is my favorite archetype ever. Um, and I like seeing that exist. And this is actually what you're talking about. I know you're like half memeing. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not half memeing. I actually legit think it's, 
I think that I'm excited. I'm mostly just excited. I am. Give I'm, me more even luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for it just because of the fact that it enables um, it enables uh, handlock to continue to exist and some or some form of of a control lock that re- revolves around Mountain Giant to exist. Um, hold on a second here. Sure. Next, let me uh, let me do something real quick. I think I think we're getting you a little bit of a robot voice here. Let me just do something real quick. See if this fixes it. Oh my curtains! There we go. Can you say something? Sure, I can. Sweet. All right, we got locked up there for a second. I think we're I think we might be good now. Um, I don't know, maybe if it's on your end or not, but. We'll see if this fixes it or not. Give me just a second here. Boink. Let's see if we can get this working. All right. Um, and then uh, do we want to move on to the next card? Yes, dude. I love the next card. It's You mind, you mind if I take it? Please do, sir. Please do. It's straight from your favorite class out of a dead archetype with less support than ever comes... Sludge Slurper. It's a one mana two one that reads Battlecry. Add a lackey to your hand. Overload one. Now, if you thought this card would be good in Quest Shaman, you're right. However, Quest Shaman is unique to Wild now, so Quest Shaman is worse than ever before. This card is so almost good and so almost fits into like fifteen different Shaman archetypes we've seen over the years, but just barely doesn't. It's another card that's going to be almost good enough. I am loving the fact they're giving us almost good enough cards. It it's reminding me of the Boomsday release. Right. <laughs> it's almost good enough. I'm actually intrigued by this card. I'm intrigued by this I like card. the Murloc tag. Yeah, I you... I'm intrigued by this card because of the fact that it's actually a viable one drop for Shaman. Um I kinda I kinda like the idea that it enables a mid-range shaman. I like the fact that it enables mid-range Shutterwalk shaman. That's right, guys. I'm saying something positive about Shutterwalk. After that was an impressive deck for half the fucking meta. Excuse me, half the meta. Uh, it's oh, so many emotions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling the feels about this expansion so far, and it's it's a roller coaster for sure. Um, I like the idea that this that they're trying to try different. Um, stuff with 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 shaman, uh, and I like the potential of this card. But I think overall, I'm with you that it's just not it's not quite good enough. It's almost good enough. But I like the fact that it allows the potential of a different shaman deck. And what I mean is, you know, like this on one, yeah, it enables an overload uh, overload shaman a little bit. Um, this gives the ability to play something on turn one. Um, which you probably won't do with this because of the overload tag, but you could in an emergency. Um, and, it, and it provides battle cry synergies. Um, I don't know. I'm intrigued by it because I like I like the design of it. And I'm optimistic because I always have hope that Shaman might be something interesting again. Um, because other than... Like the one interesting Shaman deck that they had, they nerfed by by changing um, even Shaman. So, I don't know. I'd like to see a viable Shaman deck again. And I think this card hints that they're going to try something with shaman but we'll see it could just be free shaman all over again that's all i got 
Don't worry, I'm going to be using Geppetto Buzzkill to make Mechathune Shaman a thing. So, let's go. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see it. Let's uh, let's let's pop on into the next group then. Um, this is kind of a lackluster sure. group in general, so I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, boom. So now we get into some more interesting cards. Um, we have three new mage cards here. Um, do you want to hit one of them? Sure. Can I can I just take whichever point one you want? Okay, easy. Not easy. I guess I'll take the Messenger Raven because it comes up first. Discover a mage menu. It's a three mana three two. Let me start that from the beginning. Messenger Raven is a 3-mana three 3-2 three beast that reads, Battlecry, discover a mage minion. It's interesting that they had that they specified mage minion because normally it just says discover a minion and it immediately goes to your own class. Look at Tarim, for example. It says discover a taunt minion. Mm-hmm. So why are they adding this additional piece of information? Are they going to be that inconsistent about it? Because I'm not one who really worries about the wording of things normally, except for when it has except for when it has an actual effect on the game. Yeah, like, I don't care if you're inconsistent where you say, um, uh, summon three friendly minions that died this game, or resurrect three friendly minions that died this game. That's fine. It's inconsistent, but I don't care. means the same thing. This hints at something else, which is interesting. So this actually has me excited to see more cards, because I want... Another card on this list, the next card that you're going to talk about, actually, uh, to be good. And this Messenger Raven would fit right in with it. So how do you feel? Well, man, you set me up perfectly to talk about the next card. But I want to say say a little piece about this card real quick. I'm actually <laughs> excited about this card, not just because of the next card, but because it um, it enables a different kind of tempo or, um, or uh, aggressive um, minion-based um mage deck um you know this is something that you could i mean i think it's gonna see more play comboed with the other card that we're going to talk about but because there are a lot of high value mage minions genelai for example cadgar for example uh Kalekos. exactly there are some really powerful cards that you're going to get multiple copies of i think this is going to allow for some really interesting i think you're going to be able to see it in in a, a aggressive lists i think you're gonna be able to see it in greedy lists i think you're gonna see it in combo lists because of what it allows you to do i'm really really excited about it and again it go ahead it really gets me excited for control minion mage that's all i gotta say yes coming soon to you that's a great example because i mean one of the things to think about is like like for example discovering the um the, the, was it the Fire Eater, the guy that allows your hero power to do more damage? You're going to need more yeah, ways to get you. hero power damage out to make Janelize still work. Because Janelize is very, very hard to work without without the double, without doubling your attack on your on your ping, right? So being able to cheat on an extra one of those helps you out quite a bit. Or being able to just get extra ones um, if, you, if you can't draw one or whatever. There's a lot of ways that this card can fill in gaps in, in a wide range of, of mage decks. And this is the kind of card design that I really like seeing a lot. Um, so I'm really excited about this card. If nothing else, just because it's a very, very clever and interesting new type of discover that we haven't seen a whole lot of. So, but it also it also fits right into a Safari Mage. Oh, so. great example, great example. And just just real quick for people that might not know what a Safari Mage is, do you want to go over that real quick? Sure, Safari Mage is a deck that. The name with the name and the deck it's were both coined by APX Void, the famous mage only player. No, I guess not mage only anymore. 
famous mage streamer. Um, and it's aggro odd mage with a focus on beasts. It runs it runs Flappy Bird, Vicious Fledgling. It runs Flappy Bird. Yep. It runs Untamed Beastmaster. It runs Dire Mole. It runs Bitter Tide Hydra. So just imagine all the dope odd cost beasts with a two damage hero power, and then it smokes you in the forehead. Yeah. So very this, strong deck. This, mm-hmm. This could fit in that. This could fit in that sort of archetype. If that sort of archetype is allowed to exist um, in the coming meta, right. so, so it's, a, it's overall you would say it's a pretty exciting card. It's exciting. I don't. We'll I'm see. cautiously optimistic. Yes, I think I agree 100 percent with that. Um, but one of the reasons why is like you hinted at before the next card, which is uh, Cadgar, which is a very oddly statted minion for such an important lore character. But we'll get to that in a second. Cadgar is a mage, legendary minion, two mana. 2-2 two, two, with card text that reads, your cards that summon minions summon twice as many. This is a kind of potentially bonkers card for the next card that's also on this list as well. But first of all, I want to say it's odd to see such an important character cast as a 2-mana two 2-2, two, two, but they did it, I think, specifically because they want the next card to work and because they wanted this to be easily handled because it's going to be super bonkers if left unchecked. Um, thoughts on this card, Max? I want to play it with Vex and Crow. Ooh, ooh, which is the um, three mana. I think it's okay. Yeah. Vex and Crow is a three mana two two that, when you cast a spell, summons a minion equal to its spell cost. I believe is, is how the a random one cost minion. Random one cost minion. Okay, my mistake. A random minion of some yeah, sort. Yeah, one or two cost. Yeah, hey, we need, we need that editor check. Vex Crow is a four mana three three that summons a random two cost when you cast it. Yeah, cast a spell. Okay. Um, I think it is okay, but with the next card, it's pretty bonkers, uh, which is uh, the uh, new mage spell that was re- revealed, uh, which is eight mana, uh, power of creation, epic mage spell, which reads discover a six cost minion, summon two copies of it. So for 10 mana, you can get uh, four six cost minions on your board. Um, what do you think about this card in general and then just the potential combo for it? Do you think it's 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 more of the same? Do you think it's something new? Does it feel different because they're doing it in mage now instead of, you know, one of the other classes that used to do stuff like this? What are your what are your thoughts on these on these combos? Funny you mention other classes because they exist. Uh Paladin. Yeah, that was the most natural way for me to bring it over, right? right? Paladin. Paladin has a card called a new challenger. No, you guys probably haven't heard of this card because it wasn't, it was never announced that they released it. It came out in Kobolds and Catacombs part two, which was, you know, colloquially known as year of the Raven. Right. <laughs> and so, but yeah, it's a new challenger. It's a seven mana card that set, um, it's seven mana Paladin card that says summon a random or no, not summon. discover a six cost minion, give it to vine shield. For seven mana. For one more mana, you can drop the bubble and get a second six drop. Which is pretty potent. Oh, God. Which is pretty potent. Because yeah. there's some pretty good six drop. Because six drop is like six drop, or six cost. When we say six drop, we mean six mana cost. When we get into the six cost value, that's when the, the cards really take the turn, right? Like a lot of cards that are below four mana are, can be mediocre unless they have a powerful effect on them. A lot of the cards that are in the four and five mana range are, you know, hit or miss. Um, but the six mana cards are almost consistently 
very good for the mana cost, stat-wise and effect-wise. They have they start to see like with the eight costs that seem the best of both worlds, like Lich King or whatever, where they have a, a good body and a good effect on them. Right, six mana is where you start to see that a lot more. So a six mana cost card is not to be scoffed at, and getting two of them for eight mana that's huge value. That's obviously twelve. That's fifty percent free value, and it's a huge tempo swing. Um, on an empty board, for example, and if you p pair that with Category, that's a huge value. So now for two cards, you're getting a ton more value um, versus the comparable card from Paladin where you get one that only gains Bubble and Taunt, which is like, which would you rather have? I don't know. I think I think it's doing what another class was, do was trying to do better, and I think it's a very potent combo. Um, I don't think it's going to be hard to get off either especially when you have things like Messenger Raven that exist now. So I'm interested to see um, how it enables, um, it continues to enable and perpetuate Hand Mage and Big Spell Mage to exist. Dude, I just, I just had a, I saw I just had a crazy vision. Do I it. just had a crazy vision. Let's hear it. So, Mecha Yogg-Saron, 10 mana, Mage card, cast one random spell for each card you discovered this game. You're nasty. <laughs> I'm kicking you off the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's gross. Let's hope that doesn't happen because, you know, they are bringing back old cards and old mechanics. So yeah. we'll see. Is there anything else you want to say about these cards before we move on? Or do you think we've covered it no. well enough for this cast? I just I just set myself up for disappointment. If there's no Mecha Yogg-Saron. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a Mecha Yogg-Saron, I'm, I'm playing auto chess from now on. All right. oh, whatever it takes. Right. So moving on to the next group, uh, we move on to the row cards. Now I gotta say, overall, I'm kind of excited for the row cards, but I'll, I'll save that for my piece. Why don't you go ahead and uh, and cue us off into these cards? Sure. Uh, the first card, the first card is called Unidentified Contract. It is a six mana card that reads: Destroy a minion gains a bonus effect, a bonus effect in your hand. The bonus effects include destroy a minion. Um, the betrayal effect. How do you want to call that? Uh, uh, causes them to minion. attack the minions next to them. Yep. Deal well, attack damage. Deal damage. damage. Yes. Yep. Um, then there's the there was a sap effect, mm -hmm. and I forgot what the fourth effect was. Uh, while you're talking, I'll look it up. Go on. Yeah. Okay. So overall, it's a better assassinate, a worse walk the plank, and it fits only into control rogue. It's a poor it's a poor replacement for vile spine slayer. But since Vile Spine Slayer was only running as a one of in Temple Rogue anyway, mm -hmm. it's not as important as you would think. It was run of as a, it was run as a two of in Odd Rogue, only because it really had no other way to deal. It was the better version of Owl. It had no other way to deal with bigger minions, um, mm -hmm. and you didn't want to run a three mana two one in Odd Rogue. Right. So overall, I I'm not really impressed. The next card as I'm just going to keep rolling until you come up with the unidentified contract stuff. I was just waiting for you to, to, for you to... Okay, cool. I'll, I'll just keep popping up anyway. The second card, they rotated in because they were rotating out a fan favorite. Everybody was always happy to see HenchClan Thug on three. And if you if you were going to see HenchClan Thug on three and HenchClan Burglar on four, you would just give up the game, right? So they had to rotate <laughs> out one before they rotated this one in. Right. What HenchClan Burglar is, is it's a four mana, four three with the pirate tag. That reads battle cry. Discover a spell from another class. Yes. This is interesting because in the 
rogue mirrors now, we're not going to be seeing tests do nothing, which is important to me. It's also, and we're seeing this with a lot of cards, one mana behind curve for its stats. So everything we've talked about so far fails the vanilla test, which is mm-hmm. really refreshing to see because yes. that means that... We talked about this at nauseum. Lowering the power level, let's go. Yes. Um, and it's just another way to generate value in a class that you know, just generates infinite value. Rogue is becoming the infinite class, yes. and I'm okay with that because they don't have a way to consistently stay alive. If you're going to get infinite value... Damn it, die. <laughs> yes. Yep, you, you can't have both. You have to balance getting the infinite value and staying alive. Um, so just to, to bounce back real quick, um, we, had the, um, we had the four different versions, which are deal damage, uh, deals its damage, your, uh, the target deals its damage to adjacent minions. Uh, you uh, summon a 1-1 assassin with poison and stealth. What is that guy called? The uh, Patient assassin? Yes. Um, you add two coins to your hand, or you add a copy. Oh, yeah, about that. Or you add a copy of the destroyed minion to your hand. All of what? these are, yeah. So to back it up a little bit, because I know you didn't have all of the uh, have it all. To, maybe you might want to revise your thought on this. I'm actually super excited about this. First of all, I want to give you props. By the way, you um, you called a control warlock was going to be a thing. This card. Control. I'm sorry. Control. Excuse me. Control rogue was going to be a thing. Last uh, last week when we were talking about this, or the week before when we were talking about it on the show, I can't remember. You called it. You, you you said that they were pushing in that direction. This card, I saw this and I was like, X nailed it, and I'm super excited about it because I I like the idea of a control rogue because it's it's it still feels like a rogue, but it, it's a different kind of rogue, and I really like it a lot. I think this card is actually for the effects is one of the better gain effect in the hand cards that we've seen so far. I actually think it's really powerful and still feels very rogue like. I like it a lot and. I think that you you talked about this with, with the Hench Clan Burglar. The six, I think they would have traditionally would have priced this at five mana, but pricing it at six mana um, makes you actually have to make a conscious choice to play this card because while it has a powerful effect, six mana is a huge price to pay um, compared to five mana. That's a big jump, and it, and it means you have to play it an entire turn later. And if you're playing it later, there's a lot less you can do in the same turn. So it's a huge price to pay. I really like the card design. I really like its potential, and I love the fact that it enables um, uh, a controllier version of Rogue and plays into a lot of the also plays into a lot of the Rogue types that already exist that we like as it is. So I'm a big, big fan of this card. I love this card a lot. Um, really excited about it. As far I as like that you hit on one. Oh, go sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was say I like that you you hit on the point about it being six mana and that being a huge step up from five. It's I want to remind everybody the rule of thumb for Hearthstone: you need to be hypercritical on your sixes and your fours because at the end of the game you're going to be playing all the sixes and the fours together, and you're never going to want to play multiple fives because the fives are never good enough. Yep. So yep. it's important. Like I think it was really good that you hit on that. As I just wanted to make that point. So what were you thinking about the Henchman Burglar? Um, I. Again, this is one of those cards that emotionally I like. I like the card because I'm a huge fan of Discover, um, just in general. Um, and I like that in Rogue, um, because Rogue, how Rogue's playstyle works is Rogue is a very, can be a very thought-intensive class. It is a class that rewards good decision-making, good foresight, and, and um, planning and, and execution. Um, and, and giving you another tool, though you're paying a price for it, to allow you to then turn that loss 
into a good decision-making gain later, I think is really, really cool. And it plays into the ability to perpetuate this infinite value rogue, test rogue, things like that. Uh, which, by the way, test rogue is a lot of fun. If you guys haven't played test rogue, test rogue refreshed my my um, my um, love of Hearthstone the last couple of weeks when I was starting to burn out on a lot of decks. I started playing test rogue just for fun, and I actually had a lot of fun with it. So it's a fun deck to play, but it also has a lot of potential. And to see cards that enable it to be more than just a fun deck or a meme deck, I think is kind of cool. But even outside of that, in a temple rogue or in a um, or in a control rogue, a, a, a card like this, even for the cost, I think can, less so in a control, but definitely in a temple rogue, can possibly find a place. Generally speaking, I think it's not going to be good enough to make the cut, but if you don't have a complete collection, or if you're trying to experiment with some different stuff, it's a card you could consider, and it would be viable. And also, I think it has some potential in arena as well, because it's, it's a common card. So I'm pretty excited about, about the card in general, because I really just like the design of it. Um, but I do think that the, the card cost is appropriate. Um, is there anything else you want to say X on that, or are we can talk about the last card? No, I was, I was just holding off cause I know you want to pop off about Togwaggle. All right. I'll jump right into it. Um, so moving, yeah, on, yeah. moving on to Togwaggle, uh, Togwaggle is the rogue legendary that's been revealed. It's it, it, Togwaggle is, um, it's, excuse me, it's heist Baron Togwaggle. So it's, it's the, the minion version of Togwaggle, which is a six mana five, five, uh, legendary minion battle cry. If you control a lackey, choose a fantastic treasure. Um, First of all, uh, I think the stats on this are quite appropriate. Uh, six mana five five is is fine because uh, of the effect that it has. Now these fantastic treasures, I believe, are um, the same fantastic treasures or similar to the fantastic treasures that we saw before. Is that correct? Yeah, they're the same ones from Marin the Fox. They are. The, are they the exact same ones? Mm-hmm. Which I think is bonkers. I think that's really really cool because it gives you an aggressive way to to bring up the. Um, bring up the uh or to gain the, the the treasure and you get to choose it so it's a, it's another choose effect right um and then of course if you play something like like um um lab recruiter or something like that or or shadow oh, that'd Stab, be dirty yeah shadow Stab, lab dirty. Recruiter. there's so many different things that you can do to make this deck or this card gain value and those 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 um treasures are no joke they're really really good um what made them bad was the fact they were kind of hard to get. But if you can get them like practically at will and then get multiples of them, I think it's kind of good. It definitely creates some fun, um, some fun deck archetypes, and it'll give Test Rogue or um, or this Infinite Value Rogue a way to actually win the game. I mean, because mm -hmm. think about it, because you can get some super value cards out of there. They'll actually give you win conditions that the deck really doesn't feel like it has right now, other than just outvaluing you with you know, one mana cards from, um, espionage. Um, I need to look up the, I actually forgot to do that before the show. Look up the, um, uh, exactly what the, the cards are real quick here. No, I, I have, I have them. I oh, can, okay. I can rattle them real quick. Thanks, so there's sir. a golden, there's a golden cobalt, which is a three mana, six, six taunt, replace your hand with legendary minions. There's Tolan's goblet, which is three mana, draw a card, fill your hand with copies of it. There is wondrous wand, Three mana, draw three cards, reduce their cost to zero. And there's Zerg's Crown, which is discover a legendary minion and summon two copies of it. So these treasures have so much value, and they're like it's it's insane when a three mana six six taunt is the worst option, right? Like if it was a three mana six six taunt that read nothing, right. it would still be a good card. Right. So 
and the and the what do you call the thing that you need to fulfill in order for something to happen condition yeah okay. sorry yeah, sorry yeah. yeah yeah the con the condition on it the condition on it is is not too hard especially given um the things that you want to do with rogue i think that this fits slots right nicely into pogo rogue and it's been three two one if he's here it's just going to have a field day with this card it's it's been three two one is a member of the community he streams a little bit and is well known for his pogo shenanigans yeah overall what's your feeling of this card do you like it do you like the card design are you excited for it? do you think it's enough to push rogue from kind of like the like outskirts because they're either right now they're, they're they're having moderate success with like malagos and death rattle and a little bit of tests is this is enough to push it to like consistent tier one deck status again or even tier two since since odd rogue was eviscerated well, you, haha. you know you know uh this is exactly the type the kind of card that i should be excited about that i normally am excited about but i guess i've just had enough of the cards that i'm used to which this feels very samey exactly rogue yeah it feels very samey no matter how different it is i agree and so i'm very lukewarm on a card that seems like it has meme dream potential right Right. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I, as excited about this card as I am, I do have to recognize the fact that it is it is more of the same, but it is more of the same with a, enough of a twist for me to make it at least exciting for me. So I'm, I will put myself as hope to, hopefully optimistic for this card, but overall with the Rogue cards that we've seen in general, I'm pretty excited for the direction that Rogue is going in just because I've become a bit of a Rogue fan over the last season since Odd Rogue started to become a thing, which bro brought me into Rogue in the first place when I didn't really play a lot of Rogue. Um, and then after that, when Odd Rogue went away, I started experimenting with Even Rogue and Test Rogue and a few other rogues. Uh, so I'm interested to see see Rogue um, get some newness, even if it is a little bit of the sameness. So I, I'm overly, I, I'm in a good place with it. All the same newness. All What's next for me, as? <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, why don't you hit it off as we, as we move into these Druid cards? Druid, everybody's favorite class. I'm just going to time out here, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you're timing me out from the channel? Yeah, I'm oh. timing myself. I'm going to go take a nap because I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm really interested in this first card. Oh, I guess it's the second card. I'm really interested in the second card, so I'm going to jump straight to it. Do it. And that is Crystal Power. It's meant to go along with, the, um, with Crystal Stag, but we're going to start at one place. So Crystal Power is a one-mana spell that reads, choose one. Deal two damage to a minion, or restore five health. You know why I love, 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 love this card? Why is that? Living Roots. Living Roots was such a fair, well-designed card that fit in the druid space that no longer exists. This is Living Roots. I think so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I like it. So what do you think? What do you see this going into? I see this going into every single Druid deck. Yeah. Every yeah. single Druid deck. And I love the fact that they're moving Druid away from armor because it says restore five health, not add five more armor to your infinite armor pool and piss off your opponent. Right. So do you do you see this? This is my concern with that card. Do you see this as another enabler for Mechathune? Yeah, absolutely it is, but I think that's okay. I think that's fine, because okay. the power level is being reduced so drastically with right. the loss of Branching Paths. True. Branching Paths is just such an insane card. I am so glad that's done. Well, like, any card okay that can... gain 24 armor for, for 8 health? <laughs> that's not okay? For 8? No, do you... Eight, 
Oh, okay. Just, just check. No. Like, especially not if you have the flexibility to instead draw four cards. Are you? No, no, no. Screw that. Let's draw three cards and gain six arm. Dude, I hate that card. Yep. Any card that can outshine Power of the Wild, get it away from me. Right. Power of the Wild's good. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, no. We're going to see it crop back up, but um, I know that I jumped straight to Crystal Crystal Power. I don't think a lot more can be said about it. Uh, how do you feel about Keeper Stalagris in particular? Um, I think that because Crystal Power exists for one mana, that Keeper Stalagris, and we're going to see Keeper uh, Crystal Power in virtually every deck. We're going to see a lot of Keeper Staladrix for sure. There's so many choose one cards that this combos with well that I think that it's 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 going to be it's going to be a ubiquitous card and it's two mana. So Keeper Staladrix Driss is a two mana two three legendary druid card that reads after you cast a choose one spell, add a copy of both choices to your hand. Now, a lot of people are calling this the better the better Fandral. Where do you see that comparison? I think that's fair. I think that's really, really fair. This is what Fandral could have been if um, if they had if they'd done it right. I think because Fandral didn't see as much play as it could have for how cool of an effect it was. Um, this because it's a little cheaper and it gives you that extra value of getting both copies. So really, you get three choices, right? You get the original choice that you make, and then you get two more choices, which is the second copy of the original choice plus the other choice that you didn't make. That in alone is so much value that it's kind of bonkers. Um, and even if you only get it once, it's worth putting a copy of this in your deck just for that one of value. And if you get it more than once, it's 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 going to snowball in a very, very impactful way. Um, I really like the card design. I think it's cool. And I think it will enable some other Druid choices other than the, 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 the heavy um, OTK variants or the heavy, like... Um, ramp variants that we've seen a lot um and i think we might see a, a return to some more like token or or um, um triant style decks because of this because this will allow you to keep buffing those guys you won't run out of steam as fast which i think is cool i you know if, if we're gonna see a bunch of druid let's just have them be something that's that's not as oppressive because you can beat those I, decks <laughs> go ahead yeah i've always thought that token druid i've always thought the token fun and the thing that actually strikes me most about this card, the uh, Keeper Staladris, is what it says about what it says about. Well, I'm going to stop beating around the bush. It's a legendary two mana two three. What does that say about the design? It's mm-hmm. saying that that gem in the middle is worth a mana. Yes. Because that effect is worth at least one mana. Yes. We can both agree. hundred percent. And a two mana. Two mana, two, three. Well, that's the best stat line for a two drop. It's yes. better than a three, two, yes. right? Yes. Rarely you see a two mana like two, four, but it usually comes with a penalty, right? Yep. So I think that that's just absolutely crazy. I think this is the, I think this is the first really, really good legendary that we've seen. Like this I is. I agree. This gets the approval. I agree. I agree. This is just a really well done card for, for the value, for the effect. And and I th- I think you, you you hinted at it for sure. Even if you're not getting, even if you're not getting, if you just need to play it, you're still playing it, and it's a reasonably stat minion. And if you're playing it for tempo in in an aggressive deck, like a like a some sort of token or or treant buff deck, you can play this on two, then buff it with you know um, the one that gives it plus health and whatever. You can buff it to keep it alive, right. and then get so much more value out of it. And, and because it has that extra hit point on its back end it's more likely to survive to allow you to do that so you're less 
incentivized or you're not disincentivized to not play it on curve sometimes if you need to. So I just think it's a really I like card. it because of Power of the Wild. What's that? I like it because of Power of the Wild. Okay. <laughs> like a... That's brilliant. I yeah, just think... Because you, you, play the, you play the Power Oops. of the Wild, you, you get a, a two-mana... Uh, you, two mana, three, two, you get a copy of either one, you play the other two mana, three, two, and then you buff all of them. Yeah, it's stupid. I love it. It's, it's, it's going to be it's, it's going to be so much meme potential in, in Druid. It's just like, this is this is great. I love the direction Druid is going in yes. because it's a car. You, you were talking about Geppetto Buzzkill mm-hmm. and how it's only good if it's broken. Yes. Well, the card that's good but can never be broken. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's really well put, X. I like that a lot. So what about Crystal Stag? Because uh, Crystal Stag has a lot of synergy with both of these. And for those of you listening at home, Stag is a five mana card that reads Rush, Battle Cry. If you've restored five health this game, summon a copy of this. It's referring to the minion. I'm assuming they're going to clean the wording up because that wording's a little awkward. But it's also got the Beast Tag. Now, does the Beast Tag mean anything as? Um, We'll have to see. Like right now, uh, Beast doesn't mean a whole lot in Druid. Um, at least I can think of off the top of my head. We're starting to see support for it in yeah, the. Tr- Go ahead. Yeah, it's the six man. It's the six mana card that says summon a Beast from your hand. I get That's... plus four health and rush. Oh yeah, yeah. Stan- um, what's that card called? The one that that doubles its health. Yeah, I can't. Uh, that one is dropped from the deck again. I don't know the name. I meme, like. Yeah hard because i yeah. love building decks right. now if you guys aren't familiar with the standard meta in in standard we call it memeing in wild they call it playing bad decks oh wait no no they call it fun <laughs> uh, <laughs> right so uh i don't i don't even know the name of these cards but you guys know that these cards exist right. and and yeah it's hinting at some sort of beast um beast synergy perhaps I wonder if they I just put the Beast Synergy on there because it, it makes sense because it's a stag. By the way, the card art is beautiful on this. It's one of my favorite cards they've shown so far. Um, but I, I think they just, they could have just put it on there because it makes sense that it's a beast. It's a, it's a stag. It's a, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a deer of some kind, right? Um, but it would be interesting if they started pushing uh, a few more beasts out to synergize on the back end with some of those other beast cards. But right now, I don't see a whole lot of beast synergy outside of like a very specific... Um, combination of cards. It does not, nothing that spoke to me. When I saw this card, I didn't think of Beast Druid. I thought of what we saw with the other two cards, which is a a, a mid rangey, a tempo-y kind of, uh, uh, um, excuse me, a mid range or a tempo-y kind of uh, Druid. Because you know you're playing this guy on turn five after presumably playing some combination of Keeper Staladris with Crystal Power with um, Power of the Wild. Then when turn five rolls around, you put four or three four fours on five on the or two four fours on the board on five for free i mean that if, if that is not a ramp so you basically are incentivized to be able to trade all of your little dudes that you produce buff up you trade them in to get the board and then once you have the board on turn five you just put these guys out or, or you you clear their board on turn five you put these out and now you've got tempo like that's how i saw this play beast tag aside um, that that was the vision that I had for this card. Overall, I think it's a really well-designed card. It gets me, again, excited for um, the potential, the way that they're thinking outside of the box to make cards powerful and interesting and rewarding for, for making good decisions. Um, and they're not just making things that are just like, 
broken and obvious to play. Like, because that card is, if, four, if I'm in a 4-4, four, four, you can just play, even if you haven't activated, if you need the body out there. But if you can get the, the activation off of that effect, it's such a huge swing. And I love that choice that they make out there. It reminds me of the Omega cards. Yeah, you can just play in the Omega card if you need the tempo, but you can also get this huge value off it if you do it right. And I think the synergy between these three cards um, shows the potential for an, for a, um, a direction for Druid to go in that isn't what we've been seeing, which is what I was hoping for with a lot of these new cards. So that makes me really excited to see what they're doing with Druid. Even if I haven't been the biggest fan of Druid, I'd like to see something new coming. So that's my thought on it. So you were talking about how you see it played out. I, I see it played out in two different ways. Okay. One, I see it, I see it played out with, um, with uh, Peter Whalen saying, just kidding, Genu Baku are saying, and then this goes with <laughs> Gloomstag in Baku Warrior, or in Baku Druid. <laughs> um, but no, 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 Baku, Baku Druid aside, uh, I think that it go. I think that it, the, I think that it plays out like this. What's that one mana card? Uh, Crystal Maiden, what does it do? It's one mana, one, three, deal five damage to oh, your yeah, hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. Gain five armor. Yeah. So in my imaginary scenario, it goes turn one, Crystal Maiden, turn two, Plated Beetle, turn three, Keeper Saladris with Crystal Power, dealing two damage to one of the enemy minions, going face. Then you get to heal your own face on four, play whatever three drop you want, preparing the board for you to Crystal Stag and win the game. Jesus. <laughs> well done. That's, I mean, that's, it's, that's terrifying. It, the three drop the three drop could be oh how about this the three drop untamed beastmaster now you get two six inch brushes i was just gonna say yeah untamed beast yeah. beastmaster would be a great one to play there or the um the three mana three five turtle that damages yeah. you for five damage which synergizes perfectly so now we've got like this this aggressive slash mid-range beast druid holy crap with untamed beastmaster you know that beast tag's looking a lot more interesting now guys holy crap the potential is real here for a nice, like, snowball beast druid. Like, you could play Baku druid in wild. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, Baku druid was so close. Crystal Stag probably would have put it over the edge. I'm not going to lie. It was so close. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that, that we saw a lot of powerful druid cards get nerfed or removed in the last, you know, up, up into the new expansion here. Um, now they're there's potential that they're replacing them with powerful new combos, but of a different make. And again, because it's different, I'm okay with it. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm not going to be negative about it, but it's definitely, I would, I would say that the power potential for these cards, as we've discussed right now, kind of speaks for itself. There's some real potential for some oomph in the, in, in the coming Druid decks, I think. Pretty exciting. Yeah, no, I'm 100% on board with you, man. I could not be more excited for the state of Druid. Like, we started this we started this podcast off, or vodcast off, complaining, crying, fearful, anxious, and now we're like, Druid's pretty cool. What the hell happened to us, As? I, you know, <laughs> I, I, think, I think we're just open to looking at the information as it's pouring out and, and, and being able to address on the fly. And I think what we have here, I think it just shows that we're, we're flexible. What did Blizzard do to me where I said, where I'm now saying that Druid is okay and I'm living in fear means they of nerf, aggro war? It means they nerfed the right cards. <laughs> means they nerfed the right cards. Um, so let's move on to the next batch. Um, we're, we're getting close to the end here. We're about in the last third of them. Speaking of Warrior, 
This is Ooh, the, almost the, like I set that up. It is like you set that up. Uh, <laughs> Warriors had the most cards, I believe, of any class revealed so far. So many that I think I had to split these up into two groups. We actually, I think, have six cards to look at today from Warrior. Um, one of them might be not new. I don't remember. So I put it in here anyway. But at least five of them are new. I promise. Um, since you were excited, quote unquote, to talk about uh, Agro Warrior, why don't, you, uh, why don't you kick us off here with what you're seeing? Okay, so for the record, I'm not seeing Agro Warrior. I'm seeing a bad mid okay. up, unfortunately. But I want it to be Agro Warrior. Like let's let's start from the let's start from the beginning and let's be pessimistic for a moment. Doctor Boom scheme. It's so Doctor Boom scheme is a four mana card that reads, gain one armor, upgrades each turn. Now, if you guys were keeping up with what they were saying about the schemes, where it says upgrades each turn, it upgrades until the end of the game so literally on turn 30 you could gain 30 armor but as i'm going to ask you the same thing that i asked Tripsick when i was looking at this card on his podcast okay how what's the going rate for armor like if i spend four mana in any other class that's not warrior how much armor am i getting how about druid didn't we already talk about that 12 we did yeah okay so how how about if I went to Priest? Well, Greater Healing Potion, I know it's a wild card, is 4 mana, 12 health. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at kind of 4 mana, 12 standard. So you need, for this to get equal value with none of the flexibility, because you could restore 12 health to a minion, or with Branching Pass, you could draw, you had options. So it's actually more. You need to hold it in your hand for 12, 12 turns. turns. Yes. Just to match the going, get note next. Yes. The only place it goes is in even Dead Man's Hand Warrior, mm-hmm. and if you can make that work in Wild, right? I've got a job for you. Yeah, and and just real quickly on that, that that's a theme that I'm seeing with a lot of the scheme cards that they've shown so far. There's been one scheme card that's been interesting to me so far. Most of them have been like this, like. You don't feel good drawing this on turn twelve. You don't feel drawing good on drawing this on turn one. You don't feel good drawing this on turn four. Um, it is one of those cards where it's like, okay, well, if the effect was gain two armor upgrades every turn, that would be the other thing. So it's such a fine line, right? It would be, it would be broken. It would be, it would be Odd Warrior 2.0, right? Because after after four turns, it's it's an okay card, right? After ten turns, it's ridiculous. And if you're playing it in a, in an odd uh, in a, in a control warrior where you're going to fatigue after twenty five turns you're getting 50 life for four mana. Like it's 50 armor for four, for four mana. So like it's, it's a slippery slope and they, and they sloped on the side of a bad. And, and it's just, unless I see more where, where they can show me how this, this card can be more than just a bad card. It's a bad card. And, and I'm thanks for throwing away a filler card guys. Let's move on. Yep. Pack filler. Another, another pack filler is called wrench caliber. It's a four mana card. Mm-hmm. It, uh, 3-2 weapon, and it reads, after your hero attacks, shuffle a bomb into your opponent's deck. So the only place I really, or the only way I see this being worth anything is if you can pop down a green skin on five. Right. Like a 3-2 weapon, the going rate back in the day was two for Hench Clan, or I mean for uh, Fiery War Axe. Now it's three for Fiery War Axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does this compete with? Well, currently in the meta, there's Bloodraiser, and so it competes with Bloodraiser, which is infinitely better. The 4-mana 2-2 weapon 
um, when it comes into play or when it leaves the battlefield, deals one damage to everything, the whirlwind effect, which is just clearly superior. What? A, oh, you know what? Let me explain what a bomb is. I don't think I did that. Please do. A bomb is a card. A bomb is a five mana card that gets put in your opponent's deck that's cast when drawn in the same way as, uh, you know, from Deck of Wonders or, yeah, same way from like Deck of Wonders or, uh, What's that card that you love so much? The the Hakar? Hakar, yeah. Or the Cast Windrawn, that sort of thing. Sephorium Bomber, same thing. Yep, it is the, actually the same bomb yep. as Sephorium Bomber. Yep. And when it's drawn, it deals five damage to whoever drew it. Mm -hmm. So that's what the bomb is, and it's just not good enough. It's not good enough to go into an aggro warrior. Too, too inconsistent for a mid-range warrior, and a control warrior wants a better way to kill you. I think where it works well is with the other cards, the two cards to the left of it or to the right of it. If you're looking at it, yeah, I'm just I'm going to cover all of these because they go so well together. Yeah, go for it. Um, and that's Clockwork Goblin, which Clockwork Goblin is the next one, which is a three mana three three rare card mech. that reads Battle Cry. Oh yeah, that's mech. Really important. It is super important. I can't believe I almost missed out on that. Yeah. Um, the mech. So. Uh, and it reads, shuffle shuffle a bomb into your opponent's deck. When drawn, it explodes for five damage. Okay, another way to put bombs in the deck. Whatever. And then we have Blastmaster Boom. Mm. Mm. Got me excited for Warrior. Mm. Mm. Let's dance a little bit, chat. I call it, as did I just call you chat? That's okay, I do it to my wife too. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Blastmaster Boom is a 7 mana 7-7 seven, seven for Star Aligner purposes. That reads, Battle Cry. Summon two one one boom bops for each bomb in your opponent's deck. So we just put three four bombs in there, five six. If we hit both wrench calibers and both clockwork goblins, and they drew none of them. So how many bombs do you need for it to be worth it? Do you think as well? We know in the past that a seven mana seven seven that summons two uh, one ones uh, boom bots. Um, it's is crazy pretty, good. It's pretty freaking good. So if you've got just two charges in there, by the way, guys, disclaimer, Dr. Boom Vanilla, original OG Dr. Boom, is my favorite card in Hearthstone ever, ever. Uh, so then bringing him back, but with a slight upgrade. Uh, so we, are, but, so I'm a little biased, but we already know that this, that, that card is bonkers. It is still played. It's still played despite how many bonkers cards have been made. It's still played in Wild consistently. Um, so mm -hmm. you, need, you, need, you need two. For this to be one is good, two is bonkers, uh, and anything beyond that is just it's nuts. If you can if you can get this on board with with six bombs, and then they have all those bombs <laughs> on their hand. Think about it though, if they it means they have six bombs in their hand, that's lethal in their in their deck, right? So they've got thirty damage in their own deck that they're gonna draw, and you've got four or six one ones that deal four damage randomly. If you can, you only need three bombs in the deck to get the six one ones, right? But my but my point is though is you had all of that in their deck right because you play the, oh the yeah wrench yeah if you play the wrench caliber right just the one right and you get the two off of that and then you play the two clockwork goblins that's that's four right there right then you play yeah. the other wrench caliber you get two more charges off that that's six that's thirty damage not not including what you've gone to face already now you fill the board with one ones that deal four damage up to four damage randomly you've got all of this potential in there for this just like really explosive finish and it's it's uh -huh. it's a really 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 cool <laughs> idea but for the value standpoint you only need one bomb in my opinion to get value Oof. two bombs is is great and anything beyond that is bonkers so i'm really excited even if you just put one wrench caliber in there and one blast master boom in there 
just those two cards in there gives you a well actually i would probably put the two clockwork goblins in before i put the two french calibers in but the point is if you put two True. things that put bombs in there in your deck and you put blastmaster uh, boom in there you've got one of the strongest cards from wild coming back into into standard and i think it's just the same way they did it with 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 ragnaros it's going to see play the rag card sees play this this combo will see play that's my opinion yeah, I think I think it's a solid card, and people are going to find a way to make it work. Absolutely. I love the card. It's freaking Doctor Boom and Gnome Fan wearing a jetpack, like in gnome form. I mean to say, wearing right. a jetpack. You were talking about your favorite card art. This one's mine, easily. Oh yeah, easily mine. It's. Cool. It looks like Doctor Boom made out of Legos, only a gnome. I love it, <laughs> or a goblin in this case, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Not a not a lore guy. Sorry. Right. Overall, though, like I actually, as much as I think it's kind of like a wonky mechanic, I think it's cool that they're doing something different with with Warrior. I do like the concept of it. It's to me, it's kind of the same thing as like Pogo Rogue or like like Tess Rogue or whatever. It's a different way to try to make something work that's interesting and refreshing. But even still, even if you don't want to take it to the extreme of putting all of the bomb cards in your deck, the Sephorian Bombers, the Wrench Calibers, the Clockwork Goblins. It, Boom Master, whatever else you want to put in there. Even if you want to put all those in there, just putting a couple of them in a deck can be viable. And I and I like that. I like that. Yeah, you can go Crazy Extreme, but we've seen that Crazy Extreme, except in the case of OTK decks, usually doesn't work. Um, but having the option to, and the incentivization to put in a few of them and have it be viable, to me, is exciting. And I, I like it. I like that it's something new and different and can potentially be good. And we know Blastmaster can be good if you can get, just get two bombs off. Absolutely. So can we talk about my favorite warrior card next? Yeah. My favorite one that was revealed? Yep, let's get to it. Just go. Okay, so Omega Devastator. Four mana, four, five mech. If you have ten mana crystals, deal ten damage to a minion. When I saw this, I was like, Tim, everything... That's what I said to myself, because I talked to myself in <laughs> third person that way. Tim... Everything that you ever said about Warrior is correct. And by everything ever, I mean just from the last podcast. It's going to be an Acro Warrior. This fits right in a mid-range Warrior. It's so sick. Such a great card. The 4-mana four 4-5 four body is incomparable except to other 4-mana four 4-5s. Four it trades so well on the board. This is instant Arena Star. Not to mention, I mean just because of the 4-5, but obviously the Battle Cry is relevant in Arena too. But not to mention, in Standard, not only is it a good, solid card that can be run in any Warrior deck, but it also is the last piece of removal you need to get the Lich King out the way, to get the um, the Primordial Drake, not Primordial Drake, because that's leaving, to get the whatever the heck is in the way, out of the way. Yeah. Or you just drop it for tempo. It is, this is the Beautiful strongest card, far and away, strongest card released thus far. Not even close. Including the legendaries, like I think this is more powerful than the druid legendary. One hundred percent. This is the thing, and I agree. I agree with everything you said, eloquently put. I, I look at this card, and I think this is the card that will keep Control Warrior in the meta. Uh, really, you uh, think Control Warrior? Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Because people are going to shove this in with some of the other control stuff, but it will keep it in the meta. But and there's going to be a place for Control Warrior because there's going to be aggro and zoo, especially early, because that always happens. But I think that beyond that. It enables um, the decks that you're talking about as well. So not only does it work in decks that already exist, it enables new decks. And I agree, it's the most powerful card that I think that that we've seen so far. I think it is super, super, super good, super good. One I note on the card. It's one a, note it, on the card. Yeah. It 
Zilliax. That's my note on the card. 7-7. Seven, seven. I was just going to say it's a mech, which we didn't talk about, and it's essentially a four-man of Vilespine with a better body. Oh. Yeah. So it, it, it enables tempo, it enables aggro, and it, and it can be played in, um, in Control Warrior as well. Again, it's a well-rounded card that has a lot of flexibility. I love it. I love it. I think it's a great card. Strongest card so far. I agree 100%. 100%. Real quickly with Improved Morale, because there's not really a whole lot to talk about with this card. It's one mana, uh, one mana common spell, and it reads, deal one damage to a minion. If it survives, add a, add a lackey to your hand. It's reminiscent of Blood to Icker, which mm-hmm. uh, is an old school warrior card, I think from... Uh, two seasons ago. I have, or two, two, uh, it's from the... From a patches ago. Yes, yes exactly that one. <laughs> yeah. So... But yeah, it reminds us of Blood Icker, which was one deal one damage to a minion if it if it survives, put a two two slime into play. Yep. Uh, this is better. Yes. It costs one more mana overall. Yes. Um, but it's better because the lackeys are just that much stronger because it's three mana. We've talked about it before three mana for one mana. Yes. Uh, th- three mana worth of value for one mana worth of cost. So that's why the lackeys are good and why I think that this card will see a little bit of play. Do you have any thoughts on it quickly well, as? I think it's a great card. Um, I, I think it's it's well-statted, well-costed. It will be a niche card. Um, it won't be in every deck, but it will have a place in the meta, and it will um, enable things like the dragon that can uh, allow you to execute the dragon lancer, execute a damaged minion, that one. and It yep. enables that, um, and it just gives you some extra value on top of it. So I think it's a good card. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ex- I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see where Warrior's going to go, honestly. Me too. Me too. They're, they're definitely adding a lot of um, dynamic to, to the class and kind of like introducing some uh, some ways to take it out of its current control-heavy um, rut. Um, the final two cards we have, I'm pretty excited about. The final As I'm going to shut up, I'm going to move back and shut up and wait for you to be done speaking because this is all you, baby. Yeah. Um, I'm Okay, so I'm going to try to contain my excitement here because uh, we got three, uh, well, two hundred cards and one one offshoot hundred card that gets summoned by the other card to talk about today. I'm going to talk first about the spell, which is the six mana uh, rare hunter spell, Unleash the Beast, which is a twin spell. Summon a five five wyvern with rush, uh, and it's a twin spell. I love this card. Love this card so much. Um, it is a card that enables you uh, enables um, mid-range and control hunter archetypes. It um, synergizes well with um, Revenge of the Wild. It gives you another way to summon a beast. In um, Wild, it could fit into uh, a spell hunter, a more traditional spell hunter. It hints at they're going to do things to make spell hunter continue to be a thing, um, even though it's going to be tough. Um, but I think overall, it's just a very powerful card. It's six mana, rem- uh, remove something from the board a lot of times, or just six mana gain a body. And that flexibility and the fact that it's a twin spell uh, allows you to get a second copy of it for free, so you can play it fairly aggressively, I think is super, super dope. And I love this card a lot. I think it's a well-designed card. Very, It's not over-costed, it's not under-costed, and it's very flexible, and I think it allows... Um, for some, again, for, for Control Hunter and for, and for um, like a hybrid Hunter, which I'm really excited for to be a thing. Um, any thoughts on that card that you want to add? Yeah, I hate to poop in your parade, but it's only good if you play 
If you play what? If you play Zuljin, because you get you get the 100%. you get the copy of the twin spell uh, from Zuljin. Otherwise, it's just a six mana five five rush, which I'm. Even if you could play two six mana five five rushes, I'm not excited. One hundred percent agree with you. That I I should have clarified that I was um. I was. Uh, I always assume that you're you're you're. If I'm playing Hunter, I'm finding a way to work Zul'jin because the power, the potential from Zul'jin is, is is too high. And when I say hybrid Hunter, that involves uh, Zul'jin every time. Um, so yes, I agree. You have to have Zul'jin to make this card work. Otherwise, it's just kind of meh. I think it'll be good in Arena uh, or or viable in Arena. But I think um, I think yes, Zul'jin is a necessity. I got excited. I didn't mention that, but I agree. Um, the next card I'm really excited for, which is um, uh, Varissa Windrunner which is a seven mana, five, six legendary. It's the hunter legendary uh, creature. It's battle cry reads, equip uh, Thoradal the star's fury. Thoradal the star's fury is a three mana, two, three weapon, uh, which reads after your hero attacks, gain spell damage plus two this turn. I love this card design. I think this is a very, very potent card. The body's okay for the cost, but that's that spell power bonus attached to that weapon, and the fact that you can control when and how it activates is huge. This is going to enable um, a spell, maybe not a true spell hunter like we've seen, but it's going to enable a, um, a a spell heavy, a hybrid style spell hunter. Um, it's going to give you extra oomph when you need to get those kill command lethals. It's going to make things like um, your your various board clears. Um, or, or like your your explosive shots or your um, um, flanking strikes, uh, which obviously leaving the meta, but um, your, um, um, what's the other one? The, holy crap, brain fart, baited arrows. It's going to make those things trade better and make them more potent. Um, the potential for this card is very, very high, and it introduces a, um, I think, the potential for a new type type of hunter which is the hybrid spell hunter which i'm super excited about i've already been experimenting with that that deck type for the last month or so so i'm really excited to see if if i can make that work in the future i love this card uh a lot and i think it's a really really cool um addition to the hunters and it's, de- it's a decent hunter legendary for the first time in a while and, and i really like that so uh extra thoughts i think the weapon's really cool i think a seven mana five six especially in hunter without beast tag is Extremely underwhelming, mm-hmm. but we need to talk. We need to focus more on Thoradal, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is the best name of a weapon that we've had thus far. Like second only to Doombringer. True. Anyway, that's a pretty good. <laughs> anyway, so what? Um, so what is this worth? What is this three mana two three weapon worth? Well, let's compare it to other three mana two three. Weapons. Oh wait, they never existed. So let's just do this off the cuff. Right. Uh, it's an interesting stat line for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We know that a three-two weapon is worth three mana, but we've also seen that what was that? What was that hunter weapon that made piranhas? What was that called? The piranha launcher, one mana or three mana, one three or one four weapon. Summon a piranha. What was three mana? Three mana, one four. Okay. I think. Well, whatever it was, it was bad and it wasn't good enough um, because. Terrible. Yeah, because it was a piranha but the stat line was if i recall correctly comparable i thought it was a two four it could have been a one four um but so we'll call that for just the stat line three mana now we need to look at what is this spell damage plus two worth so we compare that and i I know i'm going over this in the way i would normally do in a large carby but i think it's important for this weapon so we can get a good idea of how 
good for or bad Varisa actually is because it completely hinges on this weapon. So the spell damage plus two, I, I see that on Spell Zerker, right? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is not rotating. Correct. Hint, hint, Correct. Hunter. Correct. Uh, so, uh, on Spell Zerker, but it's also conditional, but it also comes with a body. So we could take that 2-3 body, remove it as the condition, right? And just say, hey, you now have spell damage plus two. So I'm going to call that two mana. Okay. So overall, five mana worth the weapon. Why do they make it a three-cost weapon? Because we know that on these sorts of things, Blizzard typically does put the correct cost on it, or a similar cost. What this indicates to me is that Blizzard's going to have some way to interact with the cost of an opponent's weapon or your own weapon. Or there's going to be some rogue card, and I just thought of this literally six seconds ago, uh, some rogue card that's going to say, return the weapon to your opponent's hand, right? And so this will be... Yeah, a weapon staff type of effect. And this so this'll be punishing for it because if it was five mana, I wouldn't replay it because it's fairly costed. You only play cards that are unfair because that's how you win game. Mm-hmm. So at three mana, it's just unfair enough to be weapon sap proof. Right. That's a really good way of looking at it. I, and by the way, awesome mechanic. Um I just think, like I said, that this that this card justifies the seven mana five six because of the potential of at will spell damage when you think of how powerful a lot of the the hunter spells are and how powerful that burst is how many everybody that's lost or found lethal with um and you know exact lethal with a baited arrow to the face or a uh a um kill command to the face it enables for uh a lot of um extra oomph when you need it and can help you find lethal that you otherwise couldn't find. So I, I, I like the card overall. I like the design overall. I like the, um, I like the fact that they are playing around with finding different ways to make spell hunter work that don't involve you having nothing but spells in your deck. So anything else to say on these? No, I'm done. Like I, I was definitely deferring to you. Tune in I know more. how much you love. love- yeah. And, and, and I don't want to go too far into it because until we have the full context of all of the all of the cards, I don't want to I don't want to like theorycraft too much, especially since we're going to be doing that exact thing here in just two weeks when we do on uh, on four on four or five when we do our full card reveal where we're going to go into detail in context of all the cards that we have revealed and theorycraft to our you know minds content, our hearts content, excuse me. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's let's move forward and start to. Uh, I think we wanted to re- go back and revisit something, didn't we? We wanted to go back. And- yeah, yeah. We were talking about the Twitter poll earlier. Correct. So every every week on Wednesday, which conveniently is the same day we do the podcast, we put a poll in regards to something that we're going to talk about on the stream or something we talked about the stream before. Well, we talked about a rotating standard set last week on the stream, and so this week's poll had to do with that. And I teased it at the beginning. Well, I didn't really tease it. I mentioned at the beginning that uh, I mentioned at the beginning what it was, but I'll rehash. So it's, do you think Hearthstone should rotate the the sets using standards just as if, uh, just as they do and just as they're going to in arena, I mean to say, and it, and it asks the question, what would the pros and cons be? And so one of the responses that we got was from, Tris underscore HS, who didn't drop his phone. That was me. Who is uh, who runs in all the EO circles? You'll you'll see him around everywhere. And 
even friends of friends, he's he's constantly present, as I like to say for the you know the prominent members. He's constantly present. Mm-hmm. So what he said was, and I quote, I think we need a different game mode for this competitive consistency. This idea is great, and I would play it, but it would make the meta shift too much in standard for professional play. Also, I think they won't do it because because they made another game mode in Constructed Wild, and it has player base issues. So the reason, so that's the reason, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut off here because the grammar gets a little hard for me to understand. But basically, uh, basically what he was saying is he didn't because Wild already has, he, as he put it, player base issues, aka nobody plays it. Like nobody plays it seriously and competitively. Like, I say nobody. I just mean it's such a smaller it's section. A smaller percentage. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like to the point where people who are like rank three and anywhere in legend either queue into the same person consi- constantly, or they are waiting for two minutes for games, and often both. Right. Um, the counter queuing issues. There's a lot of issues with the player base that Tris is, Tris is not wrong about, and uh, I think he hit the nail on the head there. As what do you think? I agree. I agree. Uh, I like it. I, you know, I voted yes on the poll myself. I because I like it in concept. In concept. Um, if they can find a way to execute it. Um, if you do it in, I agree hundred percent. I think we, we even chatted about this a little bit on the last show when we talked about it. If you were to do it, um, I, I would like to see it in its own separate meta because I don't want to see that much inconsistency in, in ladder play and pro play where it's every six or eight weeks we're changing up the, the meta that much. I think that's a little too volatile. I think it works in arena because of the nature of how arena works. Uh, but in standard, it would have to be its own like game mode. It'd be something fun for like tavern brawl or something like that. But um, I would love to see it be able to work. But I don't think with the player base as it is now, I think I think Tris nailed it on the head that it, the, the player base just wouldn't support it right now. But interestingly enough, yeah. the poll results that we have so far, um, about 50-50 split. We have 13, 13 respondents, 54-46 in favor of doing it. So it's a very divisive decision. Um, which side of that division do you fall, X? So for me, I put yes, and it's because of the uh, kind of because of the inconsistency. That's a bit strong of a word. I like it because I like deck building and I like everything to switch up. Give me a hundred and fifty thousand new cards to play with. I know that this really screws the. Um, it screws the free-to-play net decker is who it screws over. It doesn't screw over the just the free-to-play player because the free-to-play like the free-to-play player who creates his own decks is going to thrive because they're going to find new ways to use the same cards over and over again. It would, but the free-to-play net decking player is going to take their five thousand dust they got from all the gold for the last year of torture that they that Hearthstone put them through, craft one really good meta deck and then cry in six weeks when it rotates. Yep. Which is why they'll never do it, because it, it will just it will alienate too many people, unfortunately. Yeah. I Like I said, personally, I would love it. I think... I, and, uh, and yeah, we're going to see a lot of that. But we like to um, ask these... So, go ahead. 
yeah, like I was, to I was, ask these questions no. because um, we like to get people's opinions on it because these are things that flow around when you when you when you when you hang out in Twitch chats, when you hang out on Reddit, when you hang out on forums, uh, Hearthstone forums. These are the kind of things that people talk about, but then nobody really kind of like takes the temperature of where everybody's at to see where to see if they actually like these ideas. And if nothing else, even if we think they're not going to happen, it's interesting to explore the idea to find ways to improve a game that we all love. And we like to have these kind of dialogues here to hear what what you guys, the viewers, think. Um, so that we can help frame our thoughts and our in uh, our uh, the way that we do our show as well. So thank you for those that that participated and gave us your opinions. Um, it's it's always an interesting thing to look at when we look at these kind of like hot button issues, how people are going to fall. And I was actually kind of surprised that it was that this one fell at fifty, almost fifty fifty. I mean, thir- uh, was it six to seven or something like that? Pretty close. I actually mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a lot higher um, towards wanting to do the standard uh, rotation. So I was surprised that it came out as split as it did. That was just me personally. And th- that's fair enough. Are you ready to move on to the, are you ready the Q&A section with yep. the, all right. So while we're, while we're waiting for that to get geared up, I want to do a couple shout outs, whether, regardless of as, regardless of whether as says it's okay or not. First shout out is going to go to tier five podcast. I think I've only shouted them out three times. So we'll call this number four. We're going to leave a link to all their. Um, we're going to leave a link to all the tier five stuff somewhere for you guys to find it. Where are we going to leave it as? Um, we will put it on the um, the show notes. Or excuse me, we'll put it on the tag uh, uh, under the description under the video when we put it on YouTube and on the website. Uh, at eternalorbit.gg next week, or hopefully next week, when we get all of the VODs and podcasts hosted up there. And the second shout-out I want to make is to Tris underscore HS. He is also he is also a streamer, so if you want to check him out, he specializes in Resurrect Priest. He's a legend player. He's just, like I said, an ever-present member of the community who I think deserves a little bit of support. So since he left this... Uh, he left this comment for us to discuss. I think it's worth letting the people know about his thug fizzle, as it were, as the kids say. 100% agree. Um, so Nick's, Nick says it would be nice if they did more brawls with rotating sets. That um, We kind of talked about that a little bit. What do you think about that, X? Do you think that that, that would be something that instead of having a lot of these like random kind of like uh, seemingly like random heavy brawls that they do would you like to see something where they experimented with more like viable game modes to see if there was more flavor to it i know they do it with like brawls with like different versions of of arena for example no i don't i like so when it comes to tavern brawl i honestly i'm not a huge fan of the ones where deck because if when i'm playing tavern brawl i want to play with the cards i've never played before and if i have to construct my own deck that means i need to own these cards not to mention we were just talking about the free-to-play player well as it turns out I don't know a single person on the planet who's going to craft a card for a tavern brawl. Not even a brawlazium. Fair. Fair. So I think that it's unfair to the free-to-play players. I think it's unfair to the players who play. And I think that it's... Don't make me build decks for tavern brawl. I'm on the I don't want to build the damn brawl deck team. Mm-hmm. So any chance I get to say no to that, that. Fair. Looks like we have two questions um, about twin spell in chat as well. Um, Brooke pointed out that some people, excuse me, Brookworm pointed out that some people uh, are asking uh, how we think Twin Spell mechanic will work with Zul'jin. And then um, DJ Blackstar asks, does the Hunter Twin Spell still need two slots in a deck? Or um, what about Twin Spell in general? 
Okay, so the way Twin Spell works, and it's been confirmed, with Zul Jin, if you played a Twin Spell card, or Twin Spell spell, I guess, but we're going to just call it a Twin Spell card because sure. it's easier to say. If you play a Twin Spell card, you will get the copy after you play Zul'jin. You will not get the original. You'll get the copy without the Twin Spell uh, tag on it, as, as if you played the original. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you played both the original and the copy... You're going to get the two. We're going to say unleash the waverns one, right? Mm-hmm. You'll get both rushing waverns from it, um, or wyverns. And, and you'll still get the twin spell back in your hand. Exactly, and so you'll still you play, get you'll get the one in your hand. Right. So if you play the the, the the twin spell copy of it, you'll get the five five on the board. Then you play the second one, you get the five five on the board. Then five turns later, you play Zuljin, you get both. You get two more copies of the, of the five five wyverns on the board, and you get the non twin spell copy of the spell in your hand. And also, it's only one slot. So you can run two of these Unleash the Waverns, as I'm going to call it forever, because sure. my memory is great. Uh, so you can run two Unleash the Waverns for a total of four six-mana 5-5 five, five rushes. Yes. Now, this is interesting, and this is one of the things that, that I forgot to mention when I was, was talking about the card originally, um, in much the same way that popping off a Zildjian when you've got a Spellstone loaded up in its rotation fills your board with powerful minions. This fills it with even better ones that have rush. So then you have unleashed the, the unleash the beast on top of it, or revenge of the wild on top of it, revenge of the, whatever it is. Oof. Yeah. So now you can get potentially, you know, 20 damage worth of clears on, on your board or whatever. It's the potential there is pretty, pretty high. So I think, I think that's um, kind of shows to you what the power of what twin spell can be in the right circumstances. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not a huge fan of what we've seen from Twin Spell yet because they've all been on cards that either aren't good or I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. But give me give me more time. Give me a card that says Discover a Twin Spell. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I love it. I love it. See, now that's the kind of thing that that we like keeping you around for. He's coming with that creative stuff that just gets our our excitement up and our brain our brain just set up for disappointment. Cool ideas. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Um, I, I still am excited for the twin spell mechanic. I think that there's a lot of potential for it. I'm, they might ease into it in a kind of a, uh, a shy way because they don't want it to become too powerful too fast. But there is a lot of potential for it in the right in the right form. Like the one you just suggested was a pretty cool one. So um, I'll just take one more question. I think we have one more question in chat here, and, and then we'll uh, sure. wrap things up for the night. Um, let's see here. Want to make some drastic pre- predictions for the for tiers that I may or may not hold you both to? Tiers as far as what? Like like what, what decks or what classes are, are top tier? So I think that we're going to... Let's just go with classes as... And let's go top three. Sure. Uh, you first or me? Go ahead. Okay, so for me, I think top tier... Number one number one best class is going to be Priest. Or, uh, yeah, it's going to be Priest with a Miracle-type deck. But it's going to be Priest. No, for many reasons. Not going to go into it because I don't want to ruin everything for the fifth. Um, second best. I actually didn't have a second best planned, so I'm going to go okay. with. I'm going to actually. You know what? I'm going to have to go with warrior, and it's not just because they released the most cards. It's because warrior is one of the most consistent classes. I'm talking about after after the meta shakes out. We're talking after day 45 when all yeah. the hunters disappeared. Um, and then number three is going to be Paladin. Paladin has always been so close with its mid-range archetypes, mm-hmm. so close. And 
the second Zandalari Templar becomes good is when Paladin becomes OP. I agree. Um, Paladin, so, Paladin and Priest are both in my top two, but I throw I throw Hunter in there. I throw Hunter in there. I think Hunter is, uh, and it's not just because I'm a Hunter fanboy. Um, I think that Hunter is um, has been a ubiquitous presence in the meta forever. I think that there is enough to make mid range Hunter remain viable into the into the foreseeable future. Um, and as long as mid range Hunter slash some sort of aggressive Hunter exists, it will be um, in the meta. Um, and I think that there's enough to make um, Hunter be able to play some more uh, strength-based or like control or power-based decks as well. Um, or even the Spell Hunter, like I said, I think can still be a thing, this new hybrid version of it. So I think Spell Hunter is going to be around because there's just so many versions of Hunter that, that, that exist now that are strong and that at least in some form are still going to exist. I think Paladin is going to be, um, is going to be there because I think OT, OTK Paladin is still going to exist. And Priest... Priest has, um, I, well, not to be redundant, you outlined an excellent reason why Priest is is going to be around as well. So I think that's one point that we differ on is that I think Hunter will be in there. And I think, um, actually, you know what? No, I take that back. I'm going to kick out, I'm going to kick out Hunter. And I'm going to say, I think Rogue is actually going to be a, a, a pretty, I think Rogue is going to, is going to edge in there. I think Rogue potentially Rogue kind of excites me. I'm going to say that now based on what we have because I think the potential for Rogue excites me. I really do. I really do. I was yeah. just thinking about it as I was talking. I think that excites me. So I think it's going to be Rogue in no particular order. Rogue, Priest, and Paladin. With that, priest. I, think, I think we have, yeah, you know, uh, ban Priest. Hashtag ban Priest. Uh, <laughs> with that, I think we have, um, I think we've about covered all the bases for today. Um, so guys, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, we had a lot of fun just uh, filling in for, uh, for, for Rude the best that we could between X and I. Um, he's a, a hard man to replace, um, and we miss him in spirit, and we're looking forward to hearing all about PAX East next episode when we're back at uh, uh, 6 o'clock um, Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here next Wednesday night for episode 5 of The Orbit with a lot more cards to talk about. So thank you guys so much for being here. My name is Azrael as it gets. It was a pleasure to be with you tonight. And um, X, take us out. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys very much for being here. Uh, Exiles Rhythm, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and bye.